Welcome to the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute. In the streets of Union City, to your nighttime radio, Steve Travelis keeps you in the Jersey, no. From 7 till 11, live, local, and live, Steve Travelis on New Jersey 101.5. Weekday night, Steve's live, local, and live. Welcome to Tuesday Night in New Jersey. Steve Trevelace hanging with you until 11 o'clock tonight. We got so much going on. We got the coffee platoon coming in here. Mike Ferraro from Manisquan. Lieutenant Colonel Robert Beachy retired from bed rest. Talk a little Army stuff about 10 o'clock at night. In the meantime, we're going to be talking tip jars. Uh, you know, I heard Jeff and Bill talking about what happened with the... Um, the guy leaving a $3,000 tip, we got to touch on that, of course, headlines and treadlines. How you feel about curfews? But uh, what I want to start off with, uh, yesterday, I go out to buy a dishwasher. used to be real easy to go out and buy a dishwasher, in the way I do it. You know, the first thing you want to do when you buy a dishwasher is you pray that you can go to, like, all the local stores and hoping that someone put one out on clearance that they want to sell for a couple of hundred dollars less. That didn't happen. But uh, I go into one place, and uh, the guy's giving me attitude. I just, what do you get for a dishwasher? Oh, anywhere between eight and $1,200. Oh, really? I want the cheapest dishwasher that you have. Why, for a rental? No, for my house. So long story short, he finds me a dishwasher, and uh, I was going to buy it. And then I figured, all right, let me, before I go, let me just check one more place. So I go to Lowe's, and I only do a lot of work with Lowe's, and Lowe's is very good. Uh, I buy a lot of stuff there. So um, I go in, and I got my dishwasher, and pretty much the same price, and only the color I wanted. But that's, no, no, that's not what I'm here to talk about. What am I greeted with when I go in? A gigantic Christmas display. It is September 19th. It is uh, 90 degrees outside it's pushing. And I am looking at a Christmas display of dueling Santas. We have a white Santa and we have a black Santa. In my head, I was hearing Paul McCartney, Ebony and Ivory. And I'm thinking to myself, is this a little too early for the holiday Christmas display? I mean, is it, is it September? Today September 20th. Yesterday, September 19th. And I, we, we haven't, I haven't even gotten done with, uh, I don't know, thinking about, I, for me, I'm still trying to stretch the most I can out of summer. You know, when, you, when you're seeing these great days, you know, you're thinking, this is, you know, this is excellent. You're thinking like, you know, this is going to be a good thing. Uh, I can live in summer mode for a while. I'm not thinking about my holiday shopping. Are you? Forget about pumpkin spice, forget about Halloween, forget about Thanksgiving and what macaroni to put on the Thanksgiving table. Don't start. We're jumping right to Christmas. And uh, I'm looking at this. It's really funny. you got to see this picture. It's, it's, it's right in the front of the store. And uh, like I said, you got the uh, you got dueling Santas, uh, one on each side. I was pretty sure it was going to be a rainbow Santa, I guess. And uh, then you got the snowman and you got the little display. And it's very cute. But do you think it's a little too early? 
And uh, to me, you know, we shouldn't even be thinking about, I mean, for me, you think about Christmas, like, I don't know, the uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Remember Black Friday? You know, Steely Dan used to sing about it. When Black Friday comes, 4 o'clock in the morning to get you out of bed to buy stuff you would never think about buying if you was wide awake. Well, now... It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you shop. <laughs> when you think, uh, you wouldn't think it'd be such a big deal on September 19th when it's pushing 90 degrees. So how do you feel about this? I mean, 1-800-283-101.5. Do you think it's too early to be thinking about Christmas? When you see Christmas displays in September, what do you think about that? Does it make you think, oh, God, i got to do my Christmas shopping? Or does it make you think, oh, God, are you kidding me? 1-800-283-101.5. Once upon a time, we got Jack and Howell on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Jack, how are you? Hello, Steve. Long time, but uh, still love the show. Uh, Despite that, huh? That's <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Uh, I drove for a purple delivery company. Right. Uh, and I also delivered to a uh, greeting card company. We'll call it Foyer Mark. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. They, uh, they, uh, I, I was wondering why I was delivering Christmas stuff in June to the My store. God. And the, uh, the very nice employee said, uh, corporate says that we have to have a small Christmas display up and working by July 4th. And July. it just astounded me. My God, Joe, who's thinking about Christmas on July 4th? I mean, when you see that, are you turned off or are you thinking, oh, this is a good idea? Yeah, here we are. We're not even at uh, Halloween or Thanksgiving, and they're talking about Christmas already, too. Yeah, it it is way too early. When do you, Jack, when do you start thinking about Christmas? Uh, After Thanksgiving. The the way it should be. The the way it should be. Jack, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. What about you? 1-800-283-101.5. One eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Do you think it's too early to be putting up uh, Christmas displays in stores? Are people going to start decorating their houses now? I know, like we just came off Christmas in July, right? That was when all the big sales were going on. Christmas in July, like Jack was talking about. You know, uh, the greeting card companies have to have Christmas stuff up in June. Are we going to start? Oh my God! Please don't start the Christmas movies on the Lifetime Channel. My wife is going to be addicted. Every movie, S.J. Black, J. Black writes the movies, him and Spadia. Every movie, it's the same movie over and over and over again. They just change the uh, millennial actress and actresses. Uh, but 1-800-283-101.5. How do you feel about the idea of uh, Christmas displays going up this early? I got a poll up as well. Uh, you can follow me at Real Steve Trout. I'll give you the results of the poll. Uh, some of the stuff that's coming in is hysterical. But... I think it's way too early, you know, as, as much as it is the most wonderful time of the year. I think it's like forcing the issue. We haven't even gotten the pumpkin spice yet. We haven't even gotten the Halloween. We haven't even gotten the candy. We're jumping right to Christmas. And uh, for me, too fast. I got enough trouble dealing with what I got to deal with in New Jersey. I got enough bills I got to pay. Now I got to think about Christmas shopping. And like, when do you start doing your Christmas shopping? I usually do it all throughout the year in that if I see something that I think you would like and I was going to buy you a Christmas present, I'll grab it and I'll put it in the closet until the time comes, right? Ron's in Slipperville. Slipperville? Sicklerville, Ron? Uh, Sicklerville's close enough. Where are you? Where do you live? 
In Sicklerville, it's down in the Camden County. Oh, I know Sicklerville. All right, so what are you thinking? Yeah. Well, here's what I'm thinking, and I know people that just start jonesing way early about Christmas. If you're in that club, then they have Christmas stores that are open 365 days a year. Go in and start or do whatever you need to. Otherwise, just wait too early. Just rushing it too much. Well, there is. Like, there are Christmas stores. Like, there, I think there's a place in Freehold called the Christmas Store. I think my yeah, niece works yeah. there. And they're, tour, uh-huh. they're, you know, all year round. But, I mean, the idea, like, is it too early in September to start pushing Christmas down people's throats? It, it absolutely is. It kind of takes away from, like, the approach when you're starting thinking after Thanksgiving and then you get in the mood for it, but to just kind of push it down our throat, to use that saying, uh, it's just not for me. I'm with you, on. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. I got to tell you, when I'm sitting out there, I mean, it's, it's 90 degrees yesterday. I mean, we had record highs. We got Fiona down in Puerto Rico. It is freaking hot outside. And I walked in, and I'm looking at dueling Santas. And I'm thinking, am I, all it did was make me hot as hell. It just made me sweat looking at him. Imagine, right? Here you are. It's hot to begin with. You know, I wasn't dressed in cutoffs and a T-shirt because I wasn't expecting, like, pushing 90. So you're hot to bed, and you walk in, and then you see guys in red suits and beards. You're going, oh, my God. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. Do you think it's too early for stores to be putting up Christmas decorations? Where are you seeing Christmas decorations? Are you ready to work with an agent who does more than put a sign in the yard? Robert Tukansky of REMAX First Advantage will help you get your home sold fast and for the most money possible. Felix was moving out of state, needed to sell his home in Spotswood. He listed the home with Rob and his team for $299,000. With Rob's unique marketing strategies at work, the home sold in just seven days after 33 showings, multiple offers for $350,000. And that was $51,000 over the list price. Robert Dukansky has superior marketing to sell your home for the highest price possible. Rob's multi-million dollar marketing strategy and our experience negotiating attracts the best offer from the most qualified buyers. Call the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Robert Dukansky at 855-350-1015. That's 855-350-1015. Or online at robsellsnj.com. That's robsellsnj.com. Or Google RobSellsNJ and start packing. Fast traffic. Five, Steve Trevelis, Jersey Weather, brought to you by Susan G. Coleman. Imagine a world without breast cancer. When you walk with Susan G. Coleman, each step brings us closer to one more new discovery and one more hand to help. Join them Sunday, October 2nd. I will be there for the New Jersey Susan G. Coleman More Than Pink Walk. For more information, visit Coleman.org slash Jersey Walk. It's going to be a great adventure. All right. Do you think it's too early for holiday shopping displays in stores? I saw one yesterday. Drooling Santas, one white, one black, side by side, ebony and ivory, over at Lowe's. Uh, it's, it was 90 degrees yesterday. Right? It was hot. It was September. I got a poll up. Uh, I got 123 votes so far in like a little bit in a few minutes. 81.3% say yes, it's too early. 18.7% say no, it's not too early. What do you think? Where are you seeing Christmas displays? Uh, Tony's in Monroe, New Jersey, 101.5. Hey, hey Tony. Steve. Hey, hey, Steve. How are you, brother? Good, buddy. How are you? Uh, 
Good, good. You should be receiving my Christmas gift like any day now. Oh, good. Last week, so. <laughs> Did the eight tiny reindeer carry it off? <laughs> Christmas, hands down, my favorite holiday my entire life. All right, I'm 53 years old. Right. And to me, it's the most special day of the year. All right. To start, I, to start it this early, it just takes the specialness away from yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, like by the time it becomes, you know, the week before Christmas, it's like you feel like, all right, big deal. I, you know, it just it seems like it just ruins it. You know, it, it just takes everything away from it to me. Well, you know what? You're 53, as you said. And it, does it, is it still special to you or has it gotten to the point where it becomes anticlimactic? You're like, okay, is that it? Because you, you get so hyped with all the Christmas stories uh, that you see in the movies. And then it comes, and it's another day. All right, we got presents. We ate. We went home. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I, I feel that way today after Christmas. And I'm like, I'm looking forward to Christmas again next year. I'm like, that mm -hmm. just went by too fast. As, but but, you, are you looking forward to it in September? Could you, poor Santa, no, having to go, having no. stand there in a 90-degree day? Yeah, right. Well, I lived in Las Vegas for five and a half years, and Christmas never felt like Christmas out there to me because it it just wasn't very cold. It gets a little cold out there, but nothing like back here. It's just that wasn't the same, you know. But to me, you know what? Christmas is special, but let's enjoy each of the holidays. You're taking away, you know, from Halloween. You're yeah. taking away from Thanksgiving. You know, let's enjoy them when they arrive. And you know what? That's a great point. Arrive. Appreciate them, absorb them, let them wash over you, enjoy every one of the holidays as you lead up to Christmas. I, you know, I feel bad for on September 20th with the Christmas display. Frosty the snowman. He would have been fro Frosty the puddle. He was Frosty the puddle <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Frosty the puddle. We put a Christmas display up in September. Cha -cha -cha. I mean, come on. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Whoever heard of such a thing? 1-800-283-101.5. Uh, okay, I got some Twitter results. As long as the holiday is Halloween, you can put the display up. Uh, Costco, apparently, Costco has a regular Christmas wonderland going on. I thought I would go to Costco, Steve. I, walked in, I thought I walked into Santa's shop. Uh, your thoughts? 1-800-283-101.5. How do you feel? I mean, for me, you know, I put it up on Twitter. I put it up on Facebook. Frank, not the Santa, not the Santa Christmas, but the true meaning of Christmas, then yes. I don't know if everybody get that in September on a display. Uh, Diana, it's too early. Let's eat the bird first. Yeah, really. I mean, like, if you're going to put Christmas, Christmas displays up now and you're a store, how are you selling, you know, the Halloween displays, right? How are you going to do all the, the Halloween decorations? You know, like the coffin on the front lawn. You open the coffin, the body pops up. You put the coffin down, right? Uh, I don't know, the vampire. How are you going to sell all that? The Halloween candy. We're jumping right to Christmas. The Thanksgiving, the pumpkin spice. 1-800-283-101.5. Uh, Carmen, absolutely not. It's become so commercialized. It's like the celebration of the birth of Jesus. Let's keep its meaning genuine, not about the money in the pockets of the disingenuine. Well, that's never going to happen. I mean, as far as Christmas goes, it is what it is. We are what we are. 
Uh, Kenny, Trev, I worked in a department store, and they were always thinking ahead last week of August that we'd have the Christmas fairies. It was an outside company, and they would set out Christmas displays even before Halloween went up. It was kind of nuts, but you'd be surprised how much merch we sold before Christmas. Christmas was in full gear. Also, we'd get Valentine's Day merch and candy, I'd say, in December 18th. And uh, didn't put that out until January. I don't know. 1-800-283-101.5. Are you seeing Christmas displays? I am. And I just think it is way too early. It just takes away the ambiance. I mean, can you get in the Christmas spirit when you are standing in 90-degree heat? You know, can you get, are your thoughts coming to, I got to start thinking about my Christmas shopping. There's only 97 days left. 1-800-283-101.5. Like I said, I got the Twitter poll up. And as far as the Twitter poll goes, uh, we have got right now 81.3% too early for the holiday shopping in stores. 18.7%, nah, never too early. And now I'm looking at this like uh, the diversity Christmas where we've got, let's see, we've got everybody covered here. 1-800-283-101.5. You seeing Christmas displays? Well, I've got one better for you. So my, my parents in Ohio, they run a little side hustle. They're retired, but my right. dad is an artist, and they paint holiday scenes on windows you know, for a little oh, extra yeah? scratch. They did it for football season. They're doing it for the uh, Christmas season as well. They put little hats on the elf? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, you know, they... Yeah, on, on, on everything. On brownie? <laughs> um, brownie the Elf, you know, everything. And they do a series of, like, wing joints, a whole chain of wing joints nice. in uh, Ohio. So I'm talking to my folks three weeks ago, and my I hear my dad scream, Tell Chad I'm listening to Christmas music. I mean, this was oh, what, three God. weeks ago. This was this maybe right at the end of August. Oh, I mean that every year I get a call from him. It's earlier and earlier and earlier. The Christmas music starts. Give me a break. You know, it's going to be a matter of time <laughs> before they never take it down. Well, they have that thing. What Christmas in July? It's just going to be like Christmas every year. And that's such know? BS. That's just to spark some sales for a week. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Because right now they got the Christmas store. Mm-hmm. You're going to have, I think the Hallmark Christmas channel goes on, right? Does that ever stop? Oh, my gosh. I hope it does. It's the same movie over and over and over. In fact, I talked to Jay Black. He's a writer for it. Uh, he's a comic. He used to work here. Uh, I think he still works. I'm not sure. But anyway, he said that uh, when he writes them, if, if, they, if they go off script, they tell you get back on script. <laughs> I can set my watch by my, the movies my wife watches on Lifetime. Oh, I bet. Oh, are they back together now? Okay, must be near the top of the hour. <laughs> did he apologize yet? Yeah, did he, that's, qu- that's quarter of. <laughs> yeah, and then he's got to find her because she's split. That's 10 of. 7.30. Now the latest New Jersey news. Lottery jackpot alert. Both Mega Millions and Powerball jackpots are over $251 million. Just imagine what you could do with all that cash. Take a chance today and it all could be yours. After all, anything can happen in New Jersey. Anything can happen in Jersey. We know that. Steve Trevelisse. All right, to the other side of the spectrum, we have minimum wage. Going from the lottery. Uh, minimum wage is about to increase again next year here in New Jersey and uh, usually goes up by about a buck in the uh, last couple of years. But now uh, it's going to go up uh, to a buck 13 
from $13 on January 1st for most workers. The minimum wage law, of course, signed by Governor Phil Murphy in 2019, calls for an eventual increase to $15 an hour in 2024. And under the law, the wage increases by a dollar each year or more if wanted, warranted due to significant increases in the consumer price index. Is anybody still working for minimum wage? Is anybody still able to find people to work paying minimum wage? You know, we see all these businesses who are desperate for people. I did a post at nj1015.com for Hotshot Subs. Great sub place. Really nice guy, John. He's a he's a retired military firefighter. He fought for the military. He fought fires for the military. Civilian life. Decorated man. And uh, puts his life savings. He opens up this sub shop right outside Great Adventure. What a great idea. Only to find out that nobody's going to Great Adventure anymore. Uh, and a pandemic doesn't help. But... You keep hearing about how hard it is for people to find people who work. And when you've got businesses that can only afford to pay the minimum wage, how are they getting people? And what I want to ask you, if you own a business or if you're working, you know, in a business, how much is it taking to get people to come to work for you? 1-800-283-1.5. One eight hundred two eight three one one point five. Can you can you put out? Can you advertise a minimum wage job in twenty twenty two New Jersey, and expect to get a long line of applicants? If you're working a minimum wage job, are you thinking to yourself, "I'm only going to be here for a short time. I'm already looking for my other job," or with all the jobs that are out there that are paying so much more than minimum wage? What is it about the minimum wage job that is keeping you there? Is it something to do with your calling in life? Is it something that maybe is going to lead to bigger and better things? Uh, because all we keep hearing about is how, you know, bus school bus drivers, $35 an hour. You know, you've got places that are paying uh, $18, $20 an hour. Fast food places. Is anybody able to get people to work for them in New Jersey for the minimum wage? If you own a business, how much are you now paying people to come to work for you? Are you able to do it with the minimum wage? I mean, I, I know it was a big deal to get it up there. And the problem with the minimum wage is that, uh, you know, I don't believe government should tell business how to run their business. I believe that business should, you know, run themselves. And if they don't do it right, they're going to be out of business. But that's just me. And it's kind of like that now because, you know, for the longest time with people collecting, you know, unemployment checks, they didn't have to work. A lot of business would be enforced out of business. But now it's at the point where, you know, you're trying to make it and it's so hard to find a workforce in New Jersey because people just don't want to work for the minimum wage. So I'm wondering, you know, 1-800-283-101.5, are you, if you have a minimum wage job, why are you there? Uh, knowing that there are so many other jobs out there, so many people desperate to find people that will train you to do stuff where you can be making so much more. And if you're a business 
And all you can afford to pay is the minimum wage. And my heart goes out to you because I know what it's like to be in business. I know what it's like not to be able to you know, afford more than the minimum wage. You know, a lot of these minimum wage jobs, you know, uh, if the whole town is paying the minimum wage, so they just go from one store to the other, it's not like getting any loyalty or anything. But then again, what can you expect? You're paying minimum wage. So 1-800-283-101.5. It's going to go up. I'm just wondering, like, how high up does it have to go? Or do you think that, like, once it gets higher, more and more people would want to come to work for the minimum wage? If you're a business, how much trouble are you having getting people to work for minimum wage? And how much more are you paying than the minimum wage to get someone to come and work for you? And you know what? If you have a job opening that pays more than the minimum wage and you want to let everybody know about it, jump on. 1-800-283-101.5. It's going to go up to uh, $13 and, uh, was it, 13? It's going to go up $1.13 from $13. It'll be $14.13 an hour uh, on its way to 15 in 2024. But how is that working out for you right now? I I can't, all I hear, all I keep hearing about how hard it is for people to find work. Everybody wants a job, nobody wants to work. How hard it is for people in business in New Jersey to find employees. So when you hear about the minimum wage is going to go up a dollar, you're like, yeah, and I don't see that moving the needle for anybody or phasing anybody. So if you're a Jersey business, I'm asking, you know, how much trouble are you having finding people to work for the minimum wage? If you're working for the minimum wage... What keeps you at the minimum wage job and not looking for something more when there's so much more to be had out there? 1-800-283-101.5. Fall is here. That means cooler weather. And that also means those nagging pains can be even worse. Now is the time to do something about it. Call my friends at Trinity Rehab. Trinity Rehab will have you doing back to doing what you want or need to do. And with no pain, call Trinity Rehab at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about their EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, and frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three five-minute sessions. And no prescription is needed to get started. Trinity Rehab has dozens of locations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, like their newest ones in Flemington, Toms River, and Woodcliffe Lake, so you know there's one near you. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. Domensky and Doyle. New Jersey 101.5 presents the town hall on sex education in Jersey schools. This Thursday night at 7, join news anchor Eric Scott. Top Garden State officials and experts will focus on what's being taught and the impact of these teachings on children. The New Jersey 101.5 Town Hall on Sex Education in Jersey Schools is Thursday night at 7. Watch it on NJ1015.com or listen on your radio or on our free app. Steve Trouble is. All right, so the minimum wage is going to go up to buck thirteen to $14.13. Is that enough to get people to work? 1-800-283-101.5. Jesse's in Woodbridge on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. How about you? Good, man. But first of all, I want, I want to give you credit for being the golden voice of 101.5. You're the soothing voice that ends the day for everybody. 
So I, I, I want to make sure that everybody knows that I feel that way. Thank you, Jesse. I really appreciate that. Take as much time as you need, Jesse. No rush. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so I, I work for a Woolbridge-based um, commercial insurance, MGA. Um, right. MGA is the managing general agent for one of the largest insurance carriers in the world, right. named AXA XL. Uh, the name of the company is N as in Nancy, I as in Ivan, P as in Peter Group. Right. Um, been in business for over 30 years. We have multiple positions open from marketing through inside sales. We even have a telemarketing part-time position remote um, that is open that pays fourteen fifty an hour. Wow. Um, and that you can work up to 30 hours a week. Um, we have multiple, multiple positions open. And I encourage anybody who has insurance experience, go ahead and apply for the stuff that more more gears towards insurance. But if you have sales experience, feel free to look at our business development role. Uh, we do take salespeople from all different genres and bring them in and groom them. If you could sell, you got it made. As well. Yeah. If you could sell, if you could sell, you got it made. How hard is it to find people uh, in 2022? I mean, minimum wages is not even enough. He's saying, we'll give you an extra dollar 13. Like, who cares? There's so many jobs offering so much more money. Like, what you just came up with is great stuff. But it's so hard to get people to work. Why do you think that is? I, to be honest with you, it's because of the great resignation. Um, to be, people just don't, when the pandemic hit, I think people saw their lives. Right. As a whole, flash in front of them, and they said, I don't want to do this anymore. So they started going and opening up their own businesses and moving to different states. And, you know, it, it, it kind of killed New Jersey, to be real honest with you. The, the, the job market is not the same. It's very hard. It used to be very easy for me to, to just go ahead, go online, and hire somebody real quick. It's not that easy anymore. And the people that you do get, sometimes they pretend they want that job, but what they're not telling you is they still are getting those unemployment benefits that are paying double what, what we're paying. That's another part of the problem, too. Yeah, you, 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 you shouldn't have to fight your own government to get people to work for you. Correct. Nah, Jesse, good luck. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5, 1-800-283-101.5. How about that? So the, it's like it was such a fight to get the minimum wage. To get the $15 an hour, right, when it was $7 or whatever. Now it's on its way there, and it's still not enough to get people to work. So how much trouble are you having? If you want to advertise your business, you got a job open for someone, give me a call. If you're trying to hire a minimum wage job, it's damn near impossible. As soon as they hear minimum wage, you're turned off, even if they don't have a job. 1-800-283-101.5. One eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. So this is going to uh, take effect. You know, fourteen dollars thirteen cents an hour in twenty twenty three, and then uh, fifteen dollars an hour uh, in twenty twenty four. And everybody fought so hard to get this to happen. I remember all the arguments, the referendum, the voting, the back and forth. So here it is, and like next year is going to come, and people are going to look down on it and go, "I ain't working for no fifteen dollars an hour." Of course, it doesn't help where we are as, you know, as a state. Brian's on a turnpike on New Jersey 101.5. Brian, what are you thinking? Well, you know what it is? It's, I believe the other caller is correct, right? People saw their lives, but it's that we used to expect the workers to want to live our dream, right, and work and kill themselves and almost live to work. And now they've taken back that power a little bit, right? And as a business owner... 
what I do now is I just try to give incentives and try to treat them like a human being. And it's about incentives and what you're doing and really generally caring, genuinely caring about them um, and their families. And when you do so, they'll be there for you. That's how it is. You got to care for them and they got to know it. And if you, you, you fake it, they just, you know, they're here today, gone tomorrow. What's your business? Lawn care. Lawn care. Lawn care. What's the, come on, give yourself a plug. What do you, well, you know, we, we do it in, uh, we're in New Egypt and we're in Jackson. The All name right. of the company is Big Dump LLC. Big you Dump know? LLC. All right. Well, you know what? You take care of your people. Brian, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Minimum wage is going up. Is it enough? How hard are you having trying to find people to work? Why don't people want to work for the minimum wage? Don't go anywhere. I'm not. Dennis and Judy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking till 11 o'clock tonight. You and me, Steve Trevelisse. Hanging out, talking Jersey. This is what we do, taking your calls. And uh, minimum wage. By the way, if you go to uh, nj1015.com, you'll see the story of a poor veteran sub shop owner who ended up losing his business cause, uh, partly because of the great adventure decline. What do you do when people don't come to the park? Of course you raise your prices. That's the right thing to do, right? Duh. Uh, minimum wage is going up, but is it really going to make a difference here in New Jersey? Because people don't want to work for minimum wage. And businesses are losing their mind trying to find people to work at all. And why do you think that is? 1-800-283-101.5. Chris is in Tom's River. Chris, thanks for waiting. Hey, Chris. Chris, you there? Uh, yes. Oh, how are you, Chris? Uh, not bad. All right, what are you thinking? Uh, minimum wage, it's it's a joke. Every time it goes up, then they got to raise the price of everything else. So you're still in the same spot as you were when you were making the previous amount. Well, yeah. You know, uh, that's kind of like the way it is. Now, do you work for minimum wage? No, I used to. I worked for minimum wage back when it was five and a quarter. Right. So now it's. But the thing is, like, so they're raising it. They wanted to. They wanted to make a significant increase, which they did. It's going to go to fifteen dollars an hour in twenty twenty four, and now it doesn't seem to be enough because people just don't want to work for the minimum wage. They just can't find anybody to work for it. But there are businesses that can only afford to pay it. But every time they raise the minimum wage, the companies have to, you know, raise the prices for whatever their product is, you know, like they got to pay more. So we got to pay more. So it's still the same spot. Yeah. You're not really making out on the deal. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Nobody's making out on the deal. It's a joke. But why do you think it's so hard to find people to work for the minimum wage? When I get businesses, that's all they can afford to pay. You're still getting government benefits. Well, that's part of the problem. Chris, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5, 1-800-283-101.5. I don't know what the deal is with the government benefits, like how long, you, if you've stopped collecting them, you're going to have to get a job sometime, right? But then when you see what these jobs are going for and how hard it is, like we were talking earlier about how people just uh, can't get people to work for them. Or maybe people had an epiphany during the pandemic. And by the way, President Biden says the pandemic's over. 
You believe him? Went on 60 Minutes, took the walk with the old guy, two old guys walking down the street. <laughs> two guys, two old guys going on 60 Minutes. Uh, is anybody at staff under 80? But anyway, uh, President Biden announced that the pandemic is over. Do you believe that the pandemic is over? I, I conduct my life like the pandemic is over. I'm not wearing a mask. I know as I have to. You know, I'm not worried about it. Um, how do you feel? But as far as the minimum wage goes, you know, the pandemic changed a lot of people's lives as far as the minimum wage. That, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. I got one shot at this. I don't want to waste my life. Life is too precious. It kind of showed people up close and personal how precious life is. And uh, a lot of life-changing decisions were made. And part of that, I guess, is people saying, I don't want to work for the minimum wage. And now the minimum wage is going up. So 1-800-283-101.5, what's your situation? If you're a business, are you having trouble getting people to work for the minimum wage? What does it take? What do you do to get people to work for you? Are there any other incentives? Because you know what? There's a point where you can only pay so much. And then the money can't do it. It's got to be something else. You know, I, I uh, worked for oh, Al's in Surf City on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Al. Hey, Steve. I'm going to give you some stats on minimum wage I think will bring for some perspective into this. Go ahead. According to the Department of Labor, right. 80 million people in this country work for hourly wages. Right. Out of those 80 million people, 5% work for minimum wage. Of that 5%, 3% are under the age of 19. Okay? Right. And those people, within three months, if they stay in that job, get a raise above minimum wage. So most people do not even work for minimum wage or work for an hourly wage. It's a very, very small, small percentage of hourly wage workers. Yet it was the fight, right? It was the fight for years about the minimum wage workers. And we have to raise the minimum wage. And there are too many people working for the minimum wage. You remember? Went on for years. Yes, and Got to a referendum. They're under 19 years old. They're not raising families on a minute. There's nobody under 19, over 19, that's working for minimum wage. Very few people. And the people that are, that are over that age, are people who can't stay employed. They're okay, not but, reliable. They're not dependable. They go from job to job. And that's why they're always starting a new job. But the problem is, like at that, at that time, you know, the argument was people were saying the minimum wage was meant to be a living wage. It's not. Although they'll, they'll tell you when it was passed that it was. But the problem with the minimum wage is you can't live on it, like you said. I agree with that. But now you're at a point where you've got businesses that can only afford to pay minimum wage, and they can't find anybody to work because it's kind of like people now poo-poo. They look down on the minimum wage. When it was $7.50, it was one thing. How dare we try to get it to 15 That's ridiculous. Now it's going to go to 15 and people see their thermometer has been raised much higher. So I'm just my point is no matter how hard they raise the minimum wage, people still don't care. No, and I, let me give you another, another thing. I'm a high school teacher, right? and I used to ask my kids, it used to be 60, and I teach high school seniors, right. 60 to 70%. All had a part-time job working minimum wage. Now, less than 20% of my kids actually work. They don't even work. Yeah. My kids don't even want to work anymore. That's they what don't I'm saying. They want to go to work. There's no drive. And what do you attribute that to? I just think the parents take care of them. They, 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 get, they, they have enough to sustain themselves. 
Nobody asks the kid to pay their own cell phone bill. No kids pay their own car insurance anymore. They get, you know, the, the parents, you know, I don't want my kids working. I want them to, you know, and, and they're not driven to that work ethic anymore. I have kids in, that I, I have jobs that I can get kids. We have what they call a VIP program, right. to get kids work program. I can't fill these jobs. No, no kids want to go to work and they're going to get 12, 13, 14, 15 bucks an hour. They all want to go to work two days a week. Work three hours and make 25 They want to tell you when they want to work, and look at what that's going to do to the future. Look at what that's going to do to – yeah, absolutely. I, I completely get what you're saying. It's almost like a not so much a generation of entitlement, but a generation of expectation because of parents who said, I will – you know, uh, that great generation had scrubbed floors so that our generation could have a better life. We're trying to give the kids a better life, and they're sitting there reaping the benefits going, well, I don't want to do anything. And they expect you to do it for them. Not every kid, but a lot. Right. The high school kids don't want to work anymore, and they're the minimum wage workers. It's not the single mom. It's not the people in their. They're not working for minimum wage. It's it's meant to be a a starting job to learn responsibility, to show up on time, to know what it's like to work in the workforce, build relationships, Mm -hmm. those, and they don't want to do it. Now, Al, you're right. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. We got Lou, we got Helen, we got some people buzzing in. Your thoughts. Minimum wage is going up uh, to uh, $14.13 an hour come January. It's going to go up to $15 January 2024. Nobody seems to care. All this argument about the minimum wage and getting the numbers up there and you know getting people to work. Uh, today, people don't want to work for the minimum wage. If you're a business, how much trouble are you having? getting people to work for the minimum wage, if all you can afford to pay is the minimum wage, what are some of the other things that you're doing to get people to work for you since you can only pay the minimum wage? All right, Riley, hang on. We got Lou, we got Helen, we got room for you. 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelis. Here's New Jersey 101.5 Fast Traffic. 101.5. New Jersey weather brought to you by Master Attic. Hearing noises in your attic or smell something coming up from your crawl space? You need Master Attic. They do it all. Seal off road and entry points. Remediate any damaged insulation or install new insulation. Go to masterattic.com or call them at 800-285-4009. Steve Trevelis. So I got a dishwasher. A guy comes to put the dishwasher in, takes the old dishwasher out. Found a mouse skeleton. So what do you do when you find the mouse skeleton? Hey, Lennon, come here. Take a look at the mouse skeleton. I wanted to leave it there as a message to all the other mice who would sneak in, you know. You're going to have to step over the body if you want to come in here. Would that be good? That, that's good Jersey repellent, right? <laughs> 1-800-283-101.5. Minimum wage going up a buck thirteen. Nobody seems to care. Does anybody work the minimum wage jobs? Uh, Lou is in Forked River under Jersey 101.5. Hi, Lou. Hey, Steve. How are you? Um, couple points I w- I'd like to make. One, your last caller nailed everything he said was right on target. He's always good, that Al. Um, yeah. I'm a small, I, I'm a retired small business owner. Right. I just recently closed my business because basically I couldn't hire any help. Competent or incompetent help I couldn't hire. But um, the minimum wage used to be where you can actually start an apprenticeship program. When I first started, I used I worked as minimum wage when I got my working papers at 16. Right. I went and worked at a gas station pumping gas. Right. And they taught me, 
you know, little stuff. They taught me how to maybe fix the flat, maybe change battery, and that's how I got into the field. Now you can't do that no more. Kids don't want to do it. They don't want to know. They they don't care. I, I get that. They don't want to pay. They don't want to pay their dues. But more importantly, what nobody really sees, this minimum wage being raised is a tax on everybody who who has to purchase any type of products whatsoever. Because not only do the businesses have to raise their prices, but now they have increased workers' compensation costs. Sure. Absolutely. Did I lose you? FICA. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, I get it. If you're a business owner, and despite all that, it's still so hard to get people to work. Like you said, businesses have to close. I wrote a story today about a guy, Hotshot Subs, couldn't get people to work for him. It's just, it's it's damn near impossible. And the fight to get the minimum wage up to $15 was going on for years here. Now it's going to be $15. No one seems to care. It's still not enough. Lou, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Riley is in Burlington under Jersey 101.5. Hey, Riley. Hey, how you doing? Good. What are you thinking? Uh, what am I thinking? Um, three things. Number one, um, if and when minimum wage is risen to $15 an hour, right. will you be able to work a full 40-hour work week for that $15 an hour. That's number one. Right. Number two, how much more hard will they make you work for that $15 an hour? Now, finally, number three, the cost of living. Everybody talk of, talks about how the cost of living will have to go up to balance things out as far as the minimum wage going up. So that's what I'm thinking. I mean, what do you think about that as far as the cost of living may have to go up in order to... All right, Riley, Riley let's, let's, go, let's go to your first point. Give me your first point again. Go ahead. The first point is when you are finally given that $40 an hour, will you be able to work a full all right, hold on, hold on. Work week. All right, time out. Now, let me ask you, let's take them one, one at a time. When you're saying, when you're getting the $15 an hour, will you be able to work a 40-hour week? Now, that's a very good point because a lot of businesses won't do that. They'll give you 36 hours. Some of them will cut the benefits at 30, so they give you 29, and that's total BS. I get that. So you have to remember that there are two sides here where there weren't before. Before it was the employer had the job, and hopefully you got it. Today, it's more like, you know what, the, the worker has leverage because the employer can't find people to work. So based on that, if I, first of all, having owned four businesses in New Jersey, if I could get somebody to work for me for minimum wage for 40 hours a week, I'd gladly give it to them. I'd give them more because you so desperately need people. So that's the one point. What's your second point? The second point is when you are finally given that $15 an hour, and if you are able to work a 40-hour work week, how much more hard will you have to work for that $15 an hour? All right. How much harder will you have to work? Well, the job is the job. 
I mean, it's not going to be like, well, I was only going to make him work half as hard, but now that I'm paying him the full 40 hours, he's going to work harder. No, the job is the job. And that's the job that I hired you for, and that's the job I need you to do. Now, as far as the cost of living goes, well, you know, we can't control that. This is the money I can afford to pay you. You have to make the best living you can with it. That's the agreement we made when you came to work for me. It's not my responsibility to handle your expenses, if you get what I'm saying. Because you know the cost of living is going to go up when okay, but Riley, it goes up to $15 an hour. I can only afford to pay you the $15 an hour. What you do with the $15 an hour, that's on you. Andrew's in Stanhope. What's happening, Andrew? How are you? Good. That was a great point. That last caller was excellent. Those are all points. He was. Riley's a good man. Or C, you know, they don't think it through, but he thought it through. And also, I wanted to add restaurant jobs. Undocumented immigrants will take those jobs under the table for less than fifteen. So well, so right will so gonna... will documented people. You know, under the table is not limited to people from foreign countries. You're right. You're right. So that's you know, it's not going to have the effect. And I know you owned a, a DJ company and a cafe, right? You said like a DJ company, right? And I paid. I mean, with the DJ company, I paid people well. I pay them much more than I would get because I knew that if I paid them well, I could afford to. I was making money, but with the with the coffee shops, I mean, you 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 struggle to make ends meet. So you can only do what you can do. When I managed the traffic company, I did whatever I could because I know I have so I could only pay them what they would let me pay them. So I started arranging other things to to get them incentives to come to work, like concert tickets and baseball tickets and stuff like that. Whatever I could do to kind of sweeten the pot. But what were you going to say? And just lastly, I was just watching clips of uh, George Carlin, who I kind of liked. but And then old uh, Ralph Nader, I heard him recently on the radio. Like guys like that, they've never actually opened a business. Like Ralph Nader, we're going to get the corporation. But what I would ask if I was the reporter, well, what jobs have you created? Well, know, when have you signed the front of the payroll? All right, now, wait a minute. If you're going to ask me what jobs has George Carlin created and what jobs is – well, they've, they've got staffs working for them, right? So they've, got, they've created jobs. Now, how are they taking care of those people? But, Andrew, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. By the way, I had George Carlin's publicist on, J.F. Jeff Abraham. I can honestly say he takes very, he took very good care of his people. 8.30. Now, the latest by New Jersey Lottery Jackpot Alert. Both Mega Millions and Powerball jackpots are over $251 million. Just imagine what you could do with all that cash. Take a chance today. It could be all yours. After all, anything can happen in New Jersey. Right, 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis. Talking about the minimum wage, like Jackson Brown used to sing. Right? Talking about that minimum wage. Right, we fought for years over the minimum wage. Should it go up? Should it stay down? Uh, is, the, is the minimum wage supposed to be a living wage? How could we do this to people and force them to work for $7 an hour? They must go to $15 an hour. And back and forth we went. And then finally it got to be a referendum and finally it got passed. The minimum wage would go to $15 an hour uh, by 2024. It's going to go up to $1.13 next year to $14.13. And nobody cares. I'm not working for no $14.13. Businesses can't find people to work. Uh, what's What's a business owner to do? What's an employee to do? 
Dwayne is in Philadelphia under Jersey 101.5. Hi, Dwayne. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, pal? If I get any better, I'll think I'm in heaven. Ah, there it is. If there's nothing, when I think Philadelphia, heaven is usually the first thing that comes to mind, especially if you're an Eagle fan right now, right, Dwayne? Well, well, technically, I'm from Hollywood, South Carolina. Oh, okay. That's where I'm from. I'm, I'm a transplant. So you know hell. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like this city. Oh, okay. For work. All right. So what are you thinking? The reason why nobody don't want to work for fifteen dollars an hour is because of the government. The, the government. government give them the government give them free homes, mm-hmm. free food, mm-hmm. and give them checks. Yeah. To buy the, the to buy whatever they want to buy. So why would you go and work for fifteen dollars an hour? No, I get it. But what happens when the money runs out? Well, that that's when they're going to catch hell. Okay. That's when they're going to catch hell. Now, yeah. What, what the government should do is put them on that, if they're on that program, put it, put them on there for two years, and that's it. After that, they're on their own. I get that. The problem is they're trying to buy votes. <laughs> so they make you, if they make you fend for yourself, you may not vote for them. But I totally get what you're saying. That that was a mistake from yeah. the beginning. People should have been forced to go get jobs instead of just uh, collect forever. It's one thing to collect for a while, but to collect forever and ever, you know, it was way too long, and it makes that's total true. sense. That's exactly what they're doing. When I started working, I was getting, making two dollars and sixty-five cents an hour. Right. As a in high school. Okay. And you know what? Even then, you know, it was commensurate to the living. But back then, you know, the idea of the of the minimum wage job was a job to get you introduced. Then there were those that argued that the job is a living wage. And it's really not supposed to be a living wage. As much as they started out that way in the beginning, we can't live on minimum wage. So you have to get multiple jobs. Dwayne, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. And that's where we are right now. You know, uh, it's... How much does the minimum wage have to be to get anybody's attention? 20, 25? And how a business is supposed to afford that? I mean, if people are turning down jobs, it'd be $35 an hour. Right? School bus driver in Jackson, $35 an hour. They can't find people. You have so many people saying, you know what? Come to me. I will train you. I will teach you how to do this. And you will make money. We got a guy in the hydrogen business calls up all the time uh, looking to find people. He will train you. And yet, can't find anybody. So when it comes to the idea that, hey, golly gee, we're going to raise the minimum wage a buck fifteen, and they're fine, they're talking about that, and that's going to go into effect next year. It's like, yeah, and who cares? one 800 I'm interested in, is there anybody, like teenagers, you know, my son's 15, looking for a job. Uh, now he's, uh, he's refereeing flag football. But before that, he couldn't find the job. Because it's 15. You have to be 17. You have to be 18. Screw that. If you can't find people at 17 or 18, hire the kid at 15. The kid will work. How many hustles did you have going on when you were 14? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you the things I did when I was 14 to make money. But you had to do them because uh, you couldn't get a real job. They wouldn't let you. 1-800-283-101.5. But this is more about the minimum wage. You know, this is more about the fact that even though it's $15 an hour, uh, the battle was fought and there's nobody willing or interested enough to take the victory lap. 
You know, I remember all the all the arguments that went on over the minimum wage and the hours and hours spent arguing. I was against raising it because I knew the businesses couldn't afford it and it was going to eliminate jobs. People are going to work within their budget. This is what we can afford to hire people at. Once we finish that number, we're not hiring anybody else. But it got passed. Okay. And now you figure all these people are now going to be, uh, you know, making $15 an hour. This is going to be great. Only now government stepped in, so it's giving people free money. Like the guy with the question with the dollar sign on his jacket, Matthew Lesko. And uh, next thing you know, they can't find people to work for the minimum wage. So now you're talking about, hey, don't worry about it next year. It's not only going to go up a dollar. It's going to go up a dollar 13. Ooh. Yeah, really? 1-800-283-101.5. So if you're a business, how much trouble are you finding getting people to work for you? Especially if you can only afford minimum wage. What other incentives are you offering to get people to do it? You know, one of the uh, people looking for jobs, Nick Ferroni was telling us, union high teacher, whose uh, post I wrote is exploding. Go check it out on my uh, nj1015.com page. Union high teacher Nick Ferroni explains why there's a teacher shortage in New Jersey in very descriptive detail and what needs to be done to fix that. And now we find out today that more and more teachers are spending more and more of their own money on uh, necessities for their students. Like, what other job makes you do that? New Jersey's new... $1,000 on New Jersey 101.5. Listen weekdays from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. for the Jersey Cash Code and enter it on our free app. Every hour on the hour, there's a new code and a new chance to win $30,000. Info and rules on nj1015.com. The $30,000 Jersey Cash Code contest on New Jersey 101.5. Asking the proverbial question, how hard is it to get people to work for minimum wage despite the fact that the minimum wage is about to go to $15 an hour in 2024, 13 14 next year? Ash is in Old Bridge on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Ash. Hi there. How are you? Thanks for the program and your uh, great service. Thank you, pal. What are you thinking? Okay, so look, as someone uh, who used to teach uh, college-level economics uh, a long time ago, uh, let's look at the reasons why there's a labor shortage. As you very well know, uh, okay. there was a pandemic that left people at home. Right. There were uh, some great government uh, incentives that, that, that had people save more and stay more without work and stay unemployed. But right. more importantly, the immigration. We, had, we used to have tons of people coming to this country until the last administration really changed the way the immigration was open. Do you have any any idea how many people are coming into this country right now, Ash? Have you seen how many people are coming over that border? That they're flying them to Martha's Vineyard, they're flying, and then we find them in Delaware, and they ended up in Tennessee. I mean, we have more people coming into this country now than we probably have ever had. If we're talking about illegally. I don't even know legally. But I'm, talking, I'm talking about legal ones because, of course, the illegal ones are not uh, really, they're not supposed to be I 9. They can't. But they can get legal, jobs. But they could get, you're right. But, you know, the, the bottom line is eventually the market forces will fix itself. But having a minimum wage of $15 an hour at one point, like what happened in New York City, it's very needed. It's very rational. No, I get it, but nobody wants to take it. And it's, it's, it's like it's not enough money. It's like all of a sudden the leverage has shifted. Once upon a time, it was the employee. 
employer that had the jobs, that had the leverage. Now it's the worker who doesn't want to work for the minimum wage. So now what do you do? If you're the business, can you afford, if you're in business, to simply offer someone minimum wage? Is that enough to get someone's attention to come in? I guess that's my my whole question, my topic this hour. It's not Uh, enough to get people to work. That's so the, um, at, at the small picture, at the micro picture, maybe if businesses start doing incentives like saying, stay here six months and you get $500 at the end of six months. Maybe. Yeah, that could work, I guess. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, but eventually, to be very frank with you, the market forces will eventually fix themselves where there'll be some balance. It's just a little adjustment there after the pandemic. You think so? With inflation. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's just a matter of time. I mean, you know, things are not. As as sweet as they were doing when the government was giving out checks, or no, uh, when they were, it's, it's it's different. The government is not no longer giving out free money. So eventually, people will have to go to the job and earn what they need to earn to make a living, and especially with the inflationary pressures. It's been so long since that happened, Ash. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. You know, you're basically talking about uh, the pendulum swinging the other way, and could that actually happen? I want it under 283 101.5, Steve Trevelis. Uh It's just the work ethic seems to be different. But not with everybody. You know, there are people who really want to work. I don't know if minimum wage is enough to lure people to want to come and work for you, especially if you're a small mom-and-pa business and that's all you can afford to pay. You know, if you go on nj1015.com, you see the story of Hot Shot Subs, great sub shop, terrific food, uh, or great menu, and uh, they had the clothes. Hard to find people to want to work for the minimum wage, which is all they could afford. You know, if you're going to work for minimum wage, it's probably in a job that you're thinking could maybe lead to something, Or is it a job that you're thinking, well, I'm just going to do this for the money? Because now there are so many other things that you can just do for the money. Big box department stores are paying way more than minimum wage. Fast food is paying way more than minimum wage. So when you're saying, you know, well, we got the minimum wage of $15 an hour, and I guess maybe part of that is to get everybody else, uh, you know, all their businesses increased. But again, the problem with that is where do the businesses get the money. And, and and then again, how could they stay in business? 1-800-283-101.5. And we got Mike Ferraro coming in uh, at the 10 o'clock hour. And uh, he's the uh, coffee platoon mission. I don't know if I know about that. Helping vets also. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Robert Vici from Vet Rest, good friend of the show, comes in all the time. Talking about the military, talking about like... Um, all the struggles of veterans today and uh, finding work for veterans and, you know, the things that veterans deal with. And also, would you want to join the military today? Would you encourage someone to join the military? We'll talk about that coming up as well. And uh, curfews. All of a sudden, we're getting curfews around New Jersey. We got one in Phillipsburg. We got one in Lakewood. Where's your head as far as curfews go? one 800 Check out nj1015.com. You'll get my solution on uh, how one store could make the bag ban work for them. Would you be that store? Jersey Radio. It's all right. It's all right. Steve Trellis. Do what I can to get you through a Tuesday night here in beautiful New Jersey. I'm going to get through is 1-800-283-101.5. I invite you to go to my website, 
See how great adventure forced a poor sub shop owner out of business because they couldn't draw people. What do you do when you can't get people to come to your amusement park while you raise the price? Of course, that seems to be the smart thing, right? Uh, we got that. I got the solution for the bag ban. We talked about it last week. If only one store would do it, you would see things change drastically. What's changing drastically in Lakewood? Curfews. Uh, teams go wild in Lakewood, New Jersey, prompting curfew crackdowns, says Dan Alexander on the uh, NJ1015.com app. Uh, also, um, Phillipsburg is a curfew as well. Kyle, my producer, is in here. He's 22 years old. Have you ever had a curfew when you were, when you were growing up? Yeah, when I was younger, I want to say 10 p.m. I don't remember the exact time. But it's, it wasn't. It was probably about what it, they are. They're implementing these curfews to be ten, and I think mine was the same. How do you feel about the curfews? I don't think they're going to solve much. Um, Anything you do after ten, you could do before ten. Basi- right? Exactly. Uh, you know, it's dark out before ten o'clock, especially when it's winter. Yeah, so yeah. dark, dark out at four thirty. Exactly. And uh, you can still do stuff even after 10 p.m. What are the odds you get caught, right? People are going to push those boundaries and see and, until they're cracked down on. Well, the thing about a curfew, like when I was a kid, I, I had curfews. But, you know, uh, it kept getting moved up as I got older. Yeah. But the difference is that today my sons have – they each have their own phone. Mm-hmm. We uh, we live in a small town, so when they go out at night, they're either, I know where they are. They're either at their friend's house. They all the kids live basically on one long block, so they're not hard to find. And if I want to know where they are, I got their I call them on their phone. I text them. They text me back. You know, it's not so much about like when I was a kid, and there was a curfew. And my parents had no idea where I was. I liked it that way. I'm not a big fan of uh, the connection. I don't want the self. If we're up to me, we wouldn't have any of this. I like the mystery of where the hell is he. Um, you know, but times are different. Well, as a parent, would you like that? Would you, uh, you know, being the parent now? And being kid- the parent, I, I give my kids a lot of respect and a lot of leeway, my wife. However. I think that's a good thing. Mom, you know, moms will always be texting you every five minutes and yeah. dads will always say, okay, I got you. Uh-huh. Uh, but that, <laughs> that's, that's the cycle of life, you yeah. know? Uh, it was the same way for me growing up. You know, my, my mom was always, uh, you know, up me and my father was very much, you know, on the, uh, don't worry about it. Just don't tell your mother, you know, stuff like that. But, but, but the thing, you know, with the curfew is that it's not fair. You know, you, you hire police to do a job in town. And if somebody's messing up in that town, police do their job. I wonder today, the problem today with the curfew is that if the police can't bust kids for weed, they can't bust kids for alcohol. How the hell are you going to enforce the curfew? You're right? not. I mean, really. So, so what do you? So, teens go wild in Lakewood. Apparently, the apparently there was, according to the uh, dance story, uh, they enacted a curfew crackdown this weekend after two teens were stabbed during a fight. Uh, trouble continued when the teens later tried to drive a stolen car into a lake. Ah, those pesky kids. Uh, so. A fight involved at least seven teens on Kingsfield Drive in Westgate neighborhood brought police Saturday night. So you take those kids and you bring them in. Uh, as far as imposing a curfew, everybody else, you know, all the kids who didn't do anything wrong have to suffer. But my question is, I mean, I don't even know, like, how do you feel about curfews? Do you think we need curfews in 2022? Should these pesky kids be forced to stay in the house? Uh, or are they detrimental because, you know, kids... 
Kids want to have social lives. They want to go out. They want to hang with their friends. They didn't do anything wrong. Why should they be penalized? And last but not least, if you're a cop today, how do you even enforce the curfew when you could be violating the child's civil rights and you could end up going to jail for four years? Well, what's more effective? Like, if you have kids, do your kids have a curfew? Is that more effective than having a town in itself get an implemented curfew? You know, like, I almost feel the connection with the parents and knowing that you have to be home by a certain time because you know your parents, you respect your parents, hopefully, and you want to go back and not get on their bad side. Like, is that more effective if they implement it rather than the entire town? That's a good point. You know, the parents should be, you know, should the parents be, inf- you know, inflicting a curfew? Inflicting? <laughs> Imposing a <the> curfew. <laughs> uh, 1-800-283-101.5. But where are you on curfews? I said, like I said, with the cell phone, I don't really worry about it. You know, my kids aren't out to low hours of the night anyway. But, you know, as far as the idea that the town is not letting them outside, I think that's wrong. Look, I'm not a parent, obviously. I'm far from it. Uh, I think that when I one day do become a parent, though, I would certainly have my kids have a curfew just because I just feel like I'd be a worrier, right? I know you have all the technology now. You can text your kids, this and that. Hey, I don't know. I would like to think that I would trust my kids, but, like, I don't want to have that feeling in your stomach of, like, oh, no, like, what if something goes wrong and they're out well, doing this, yeah, you know? As they get older. Yeah. Right? There would be. But, again, you know, uh, you can only do so much. Which is true. You know, your parents can only do so yeah. much. You know, they think they had total control on you. We know better. Yeah. You know, and that's that's also a cycle of life. But 1-800-283-101.5, how do you feel? Should there be curfews imposed on kids? Should there be a 10 o'clock curfew in Lakewood? Should there be a 10 o'clock curfew in Phillipsburg? What is going on in these towns? You know, if a, a couple of kids, you know, get in fights, get in trouble, cause trouble, should the whole town be penalized with a curfew? And should it be the police enforcing the curfew or the parents? And what kind of a curfew did you have when you were growing up? One eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Like I said, I had one uh, when I was much younger, but after a while, you grow out of it. I don't think, God, I mean, seventeen, eighteen. I don't think I had a curfew at all, you know. But I was also responsible. I don't think I did either. Once I got to that age, yeah, your parents. I mean, at some point, you know, they just have to trust you. Well, the thing was, and when you don't I was... want to be the only kid in the group with the curfew. Yeah. And the thing for me when I was growing up was when I got my driver's license at 17 and then I'm still living at home when I'm 18 before I go to college, my parents would stay up until I got home. So at some point it was kind of like, okay, I don't want to make my parents stay up till one in the morning because my mom would just always stay awake until she knew I was home. Oh, I didn't care. <laughs> so. <laughs> I didn't stay up. Uh, but 1-800-283-101.5. We have, a late, we have a curfew now in Lakewood. We have a curfew in Phillipsburg. Could this get to the point where we have curfews all over New Jersey? 10 o'clock curfews. Should kids be given a 10 o'clock curfew in New Jersey? 1-800-283-101.5. How do you feel about it? What was your curfew growing up? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it should definitely be a parent thing. But also, you know, it should also be a trust thing. Also, How do you raise your kids? If you're from the town like Phillipsburg, Colin especially, because I know Phillipsburg. I had a, I used to hang out there with one of my good friends for a while. It doesn't seem like a town that would need a curfew inf- implemented. Now, I'm not... You know, the perfect person about Phillipsburg, I don't live there, but I'm interested. Do you see anything like that going on where you think that there's trouble where there needs to be a curfew? I th- is it kind of like painting a town with a broad stroke? That's, that's what I'm going kids for, yeah. get in trouble. Same thing in Lakewood. Right, so kids got in trouble. So that means now we got we to gotta put the whole town on notice. We got to put the whole town into a curfew. 
to me, I don't agree with it. I'd like to think that more stuff has gone on than that's just been posted in those articles, right? I don't think it'd be such a reactionary decision where one thing happens, bam, curfew's implemented. There must be other stuff that's going on that's causing this. Could be. You know, but again, uh, is it the fault? You know, does the whole town have to suffer for it? Could kids who just want to go out and have a good time, you know, uh, hanging with their friends, walking the streets, who knows, uh, not be allowed to because of a curfew? And, uh, how, you know, what's your thought? Because you know what? Now this could be the be-all, end-all. Now every time there's a problem in the town, we're going to impose a 10 o'clock curfew. Well, and just sooner or later, it's gonna, we've already got two towns doing it. That's so what this I was is going to be like the easy fix. Literally, like, what was it, two weeks ago we talked about Phillipsburg. They implemented a curfew. Two weeks later, I was shocked to be reading a story about another town doing the same thing. Yeah, Lakewood. And yeah. who knows what the next town is going to be. You know, and again, I don't understand, like, how are the cops able, if you're a police officer, give me a call. How are you able to deal with the kids now? You know, in light of the, uh, you know, the recent, you know, alcohol and weed laws where you could end up in jail for violating their civil rights. So now when you have kids getting in trouble in town, you know, how do you enforce it? How do you break it up? 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelace. Here's New Jersey 101.5 Fast Traffic. 1.5 presents the town hall on sex education in Jersey schools. This Thursday night at 7, join news anchor Eric Scott and top Garden State officials and experts. We'll focus on what's being taught and the impact of these teachings on children. The New Jersey 101.5 town hall on sex education in Jersey schools. This Thursday night at 7, watch it on NJ1015.com or listen on your radio or our free app. All right. 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelisse. I heard uh, Jeff and Bill talking about this earlier. You know the story uh, in Pennsylvania about the uh, the woman got the three the $3,000 tip I on the $13 them. Stromboli bill. Yeah. And uh, the guy who gave her the tip, uh, tips for Jesus, uh, wants the money. Uh, he never, uh, he disputed the claim on his credit card. So now the restaurant is suing him. Because they want the $3,000, which has uh, totally, you know, the woman, uh, the restaurant gave her the $3,000 because initially, you know, it wasn't disputed. But then uh, the guy disputed it. Uh, the gratuity fiasco began back in June after one of the uh, pie purveyor patrons named Eric Smith left waitress Mariana Lambert an eye-popping $3,000 on a $13 bill. Customer who had ordered only a plate of Stromboli had reportedly left a potentially life-changing gratuity as part of a social media trend called Tips for Jesus. Well, Jesus can't be happy about this. So he did actually mean to do this. My question he meant was, to do it. My question was that he had an extra zero on accident, so no. this was Oh, my God. He meant to do it. Story went viral with countless people on social media commenting on the so-called act of kindness. And uh, needless to say, uh, Lambert was initially from the New York Post, floored by the seemingly magnanimous gesture, especially given how restaurants were still reeling from COVID-19. So she got the money. Uh, the problem was uh, he's disputing the charge for the tip that he left. And this is despite the fact that the restaurant had already paid Lambert the gratuity, leaving them approximately $3,000 out of pocket, uh, WNEP reported. So now, alarmed, Alfredo's reached out to Smith on Facebook in the hopes the whole thing was a misunderstanding. The restaurant, Reneger, has stopped replying to their messages. 
Uh, we thought somebody was actually trying to do a good thing, lamented Jacobson, and now uh, we are, what, three months later, not even, there's nothing. So now it's all going to court. So the question here is, first of all, we know this guy's in the wrong. Um, what Jeff and Bill were talking about was the idea that, should we just get rid of tipping altogether? But I've done that before. And there are people, the people who are servers, if you're a server, weigh in. Would you Would you like to see tipping go away? Because there are people who make a lot of money. Good servers make a lot of money. And if you took that away from the high-end restaurants, you'd probably lose the good servers. Now, anybody's making, anybody's making money, uh, they're going to make the straight pay. Uh, it's not going to matter. But the other thing, too, is that you know, depending on what you're serving, if you're in a steakhouse, if you're in a high-end steakhouse, you're going to make a lot of money. Uh, if you're in a uh, diner, you're not going to make as much. Your work is the same. It's just the uh, price of the food you're carrying out is different. But how do you feel about the idea of stopping tipping? But here's what I want to know. How do you feel about the tip jar? The tip jar is what's got me. Makes me feel so awkward. I know, because the tip jar is this. First of all, the person behind the tip jar is already getting paid a wage. They're not making less money for the sake of the tip. It's not like we're only getting $3 an hour because you're going to get tipped. They're getting the full minimum wage or whatever they get. Now, on top of that, the tip jar is right next to the register. You are standing at the register. And in some cases, when you're doing your credit card, you can punch that in as well. And there's the jar. And now, you give them the money, they give you back your change, and they give you the look. And what do you do? I'm the coin guy. You put the, you put I, I, the, you put the remaining change, whatever change you get, yeah. goes in the tip jar. Yeah. See, I, I do it. And then I, I sometimes I'm like, you know, and even no matter what the service is, you know, they still expect the tip jar. So now, how about this? Well, if you're going to put the tip jar in for people who are not getting less than, you know, the money so that you could make it up with tips, why can't everybody have a tip jar? Right? You should have a tip jar in there. People call in. You know, Kyle, that was a very nice the way you handled that phone call. I'm going to put $3. Here's my credit card. I'm going to put $3 on you want, you want to get to Steve faster. I'm going to put it today. You get, you get to them right now real easy. I'll put you on line one if you uh, give me three bucks. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I don't know, uh, the thing with the tip jar, What what is the point of the tip jar if you're already getting the wage? Is there a rule for the tip jar? Because I never thought about know. it until you just said it. Like, why do some have and some not? Well, again, like you can you can put a tip jar anywhere if right. someone's going to willing to pay it, right? You go on a, you see a street performer. And they got the guitar, and they got the guitar case, right? You see, uh, I mean, hell, any business you go in, they could have, coffee shops have them. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, mostly food places. But what about any place else? You go into a store, guy's great to you, should he have a tip jar? I mean, what, what separates the food from the tip jar from anybody else? You go to the mechanic, right? The guy fixes the flat. Should he have a tip jar? He's just doing his job. Um, so is the guy right. that sold you the donut. I know. It's right? So is the guy that sold here. you the donut. 
1-800-283-101.5. Where are you on the tip jar? When do you put money in the tip jar? And when do you not? Have you ever had a situation where you kind of felt awkward, especially when it comes to the, you know, the screen? And you oh can punch God. your tip in the screen. Worst thing in the and world. And they're looking at you as you're paying it. Have you ever been put on the spot by the tip jar? I have with the screen that you're just talking about. There was a coffee shop up by Montclair that I used to go to with my friends all the time. Right. I didn't have the heart in me. All the person did was just make my coffee. And at that point, they hadn't even made my coffee. It was just I paid with a card. They then turned the screen to me, and I just I didn't have the heart to ever press no tip. I would go with like whatever the lowest one was, yeah. but I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't have that awkwardness of having them know it's that I just straight up stiffed them. Gentle persuasion, but you didn't stiff them. They're doing their job. I mean, that's the thing. But that's how it made me feel. Right. I was like, I'm such a bad person if I don't give them a tip. And my friends would all not tip and laugh mm. at me when I couldn't do it. Because you had a heart. I guess that's what it is. And I've worked in that kind of you know business before, and okay, it but makes you your got day. a minute. But you got a wage, Chad. How do you feel about the tip jaw? Well, see, I used to wait tables in college, and then when I first moved to the city, I used to work in restaurants. So, uh, if I have it, like. No, not I, the tip for the, the restaurant tip. I get right, right. But I'm talking about the tip jar by the right. register. So if I'm going through the drive-through at Dunkin', let's right. say, and I pay with a card. I don't necessarily leave a tip because I don't have the cash on me. But say I'm paying with a five and it's like four something, yeah, I just put the rest in the tip jar. But if know? the guy, if they're getting the regular minimum wage or whatever wage they get, mm -hmm. then why should they get a tip? Well, you know, they are they are preparing. You know, they're, yeah, they're making getting paid your, to prepare. Well, so so here's the thing. Like, say I I order like a large ice latte and I get a breakfast sandwich and I get a few items. I may be compelled to throw a little change from that I'm going to get back their way. Or for example, you were talking about the mechanic. Right. Say, God forbid, I have to call AAA to come and fix a flat. If I have cash on me, even though I'm paying for that service, but he's getting me out of a jam, if I have something, yeah, maybe I'll throw it his way. But he don't have a tip jar. No, he doesn't have Should a tip jar. Should he have a tip jar on the dashboard of the truck? I, I, I don't think so, but I think like... You have to kind of read the circumstance you're in. Say it's pouring down rain. Say it's a blizzard. Say it's right. whatever, inclement weather. They do their best. They get out there. They get you out of the jam. Uh, I'm the kind of person that if I have something to give. Well, that's a different I'll, story. Yeah, right. yeah. Right, let me get this. You go into the coffee shop. Uh -huh. You go into Dunkin'. Mm -hmm. I'll, have a, I'll have a medium coffee, just cream. Okay, here you are. Does um, that mean you got to put money in the tip? Uh, it, Three dollars for that call. It, you got to put money in the tip jar. If if I'm say it's like three something and I pay with a five or I have four bucks or you know yeah I will uh, I'll I'll leave a little a little extra. Which one are you going to? People want to show up. <laughs> it's nine thirty. Now the latest news brought to you by Guaranteed Service: leaking water heater, clogged sewer or toilet, buzzing outlets, or your heater not working properly. You'll always be in good hands. Guaranteed Service is your one-stop shop for all your home's needs. Call one eight hundred Guaranteed. Get fifty dollars off any plumbing, heating, or electrical repair. GuaranteedService.com. Steve Trouble Ace. One eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Guy leaves a three thousand dollar tip for a thirteen dollar stromboli, and they pay the waitress. The restaurant does, and then the guy reneges on the credit card. Now the restaurant is suing the guy over the three thousand. Your thoughts? But you know what? Should tipping just be discontinued and everybody works for the straight pay? I say no. Keep the tipping because people people seem to like it.
those that make good money on it, but the tip jar. How do you feel about the tip jar? Alex is in Long Valley on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Alex. Hey, Steve. This is Alex. Uh, first time listener, long time caller. Well, welcome, Alex. Yeah. What are you thinking? Uh, I, I used to be a waiter in college. Right. And now I go into places that have a tip jar where you have to place the order, you pick up your order, and then they want you to clear it also. Yeah. And you're doing all the work. And they want to tip. Doing all the work. Yeah, what is the tip for? The, a good question. There was a place, it's not here anymore, called Fuddruckers. And the way it would work is you would go in, you'd give them the order, they'd give you the burger. Now, you're carrying your own burger to your chair. And then later on, they would come around and ask you if you wanted a drink or if they wanted anything else. And they'd expect a tip. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. You should be tipping me. I'm doing all the work yeah. here. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, I mean, if, if they can have a tip jar for not doing anything, then the mechanic that's working on your car should have a tip jar because he's actually doing the work. I'm we not should, doing the work. We should all have tip jars. Right? Every, why not have a tip jar in every business? You go, you like the service, wherever you are, whatever you're getting, there should be a tip jar there. You know, you go into yeah. the store, you want to buy something, tip jar, any place. Right. All right, Alex. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. You see my point? I mean, why limit it to just food? Do you think the tip jar was invented because people just would feel guilty? Like, nobody who's actually giving a tip in the tip jar is doing it because they're like, that was a good service. You deserve this tip. I think everybody who's tipping, yeah. whether it be the screen or the tip jar, is just like, I feel like a bad person if I don't do this. Let me do it. I think that maybe that's the way that people who can afford to pay minimum wage uh, get around. You know, as they're listening, you can put a tip jar up um, and, and do it that way. 1-800-283-101.5, so that maybe you can make a few extra dollars. I don't know how much, I don't know how much, how much, that's another question. How much money are these tip jars taking in? Well, that was what I was going to say. It was going to be that. And then also, what do you think is more effective? Do you think the actual tip jar where you put the change or you put the dollar bill, is that more effective or is it the screen they turn at you? I got, I got to go with the screen. So when they turn the screen... Right, they've got figures on the screen. Yes. Then you've got to decide. Or what if you can't? You put in your own figure. Do they see what you're typing in? So that's what I don't know. What happens every time I go to a barber shop, or when I go to a coffee place, or even I've gone to a the barber shop's got the screen. Yeah, the one that I used to go to by school did. They turn the screen over to me every time. And you do this before or after <laughs> the haircut? After, because if it was a bad haircut, they're not getting a tip. Have you ever done that? No. I've never gotten a bad haircut, Steve. This hair is just amazing. This is really amazing. For me, I, 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 you know, I have the same girl for like 30 years, and we're not going anywhere. Uh, but this is, I can't see that. So, so they get to see how much money you're giving them. So they turn the screen to you, you press the button, and then I don't know if it shows them after that when they turn the screen back to. around no. to them, but yeah, because they always thank you after, right? It's like, oh, thank you. Well, let's put it this way. If they turn the screen to you, and you want to leave like a $50 tip, you'd want them to know that. Oh, you yeah. Want it. You don't want to just, oh, I don't know what you know when I left. I would say, hey, I just gave you 50 if you're not going to see it. I'll tell you. If I'm, I'm never giving a $50 tip. You know, it's funny. There was one time I was at a car wash, and there was nobody there. And it was kind of, I felt bad for the guy. 
I put a twenty dollars. I put a twenty uh-huh. bill in, and then I asked the guy to do something. Oh, we can't do it. I said, "Dude, come here." <laughs> I just put twenty dollars <laughs> in that friggin' tip jar. <laughs> Get over. Oh, we didn't realize that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to do that, then. You need, you know, they you'd want them to know it. They would, you 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 would want them to know it and revel in it. Well, here's what I do. So if I'm at a car wash and there's this one place by my house that I do go to, not all the time, but it's a car wash where your car goes through. Then there's guys that dry the car off. They right. vacuum the inside, whatever they do. I don't know. Um, and there's a tip. It's like a tip briefcase outside. A it's like this metal box. It's not a briefcase, but it's not a jar. It's like a metal box that has a little slit in it for you to put right. tips in. And every single time I go out there, I'm holding the, what is it, two, three bucks in my hand, but they're folded up so they can't tell what it is. And I am waiting for them to look at me before I put it in. So once they you look at me. You have to be seen. I have yeah, to be exactly. seen. Exactly. You can't, you have to, yep. you know, you have to reach in and take it out again. <laughs> you didn't see this. I'm over here. I'm, where's the tip jar? I want to put it in. Because I don't want them to be like, oh, this guy, you know, didn't tip. Now yeah, I don't like she him. She bashed it. 1-800-283-101.5. How, how are you with the tip jar? What are your thoughts on the tip jar? How do you feel? How much money do you put in? Do you feel like you're on the spot with the tip jar? Do you feel like you have to tip even though you really don't want to? Especially when it comes to the turn screen. 1-800-283-101.5. Jominski and... The weather brought to you by NJ Lottery. Jackpot alert. Both Mega Millions and Powerball jackpots are over $251 million. Just imagine what you could do with all that cash. Take a chance today. It could be all yours. It could all be yours. After all, anything, and we know this, anything can happen in Jersey. Steve Trevelis, 1-800-283-101.5. Guy goes into a Pennsylvania eatery, orders a $13 stromboli, leaves a $3,000 tip, and uh, then uh, the restaurant gives it to the server, and then the guy reneges on the tip with the credit card, and now the restaurant is suing the guy. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the idea of tipping in general? Should we just all go back to straight pay? But then again... uh, I don't like the idea, you know, if a, a guy's a good server or a woman's a good server and she can make a lot of money, he can make a lot of money uh, with the high-end restaurants, God bless. But the tip jar is what I don't get. You know, people are making the money, they're getting the straight pay, uh, whatever the hourly rate is, and they get to leave a tip jar up. And it puts you on the spot. They must make a lot of money because everybody's guilted into leaving these tips. So your thoughts on the tip jar. Lisa's in Edison on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Lisa. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing well. Thank you. All right. Your thoughts. So, like, I was telling the other guy, I was just my whole life. I'm 44. I raised my kids. I paid my bills. Right. And, you know, I'm a people person. So I had a lot of regular customers. I did well. What did you do? Um, I work in diners, and I waitress, and I bartend. Oh, okay. You're in, yes, yeah, you're service industry. All the time. And, like, my paycheck was, I didn't get a paycheck, put it that way. I made, like, two fourteen an hour. So it was, I, I worked straight on tips. Anything that was on the table was what I made for right. the day. And, you know, that's how I, I paid my bills. Right. And I did great with it. I take my kids for ice cream all the time. And, you know, now they have these things where they flip the screen on you. Yeah. Yes. So it's not a tip jar, but it's the machine. It's extortion. (laughs) It's it's horrible. And let me tell you, I tip anywhere I go. I get my nails done, 20 bucks, I give them 10 bucks. I over tip. 
Right. So you go you in, it. you order ice cream, right? And then they flip the screen and they go, and you can put a tip right there. And they tell you to tip, and it's uncomfortable, and it makes me mad because I work on tips. They're getting a paycheck. Right. That's my whole thing. They're getting the check. You know, I mean, how do you feel about the idea? Should we get rid of tipping and just go to straight pay, or do you would you prefer to work on tips? So I like the idea, honestly, of like, so I'm, I'm a student right now, and I work full time. Right. But the weekends, I'm home. I like the idea of being able to say, oh, I'm going to waitress on the weekend and go make a couple hundred bucks. I like it. I feel as yeah, though... You wouldn't do that at, at the straight rate. I wouldn't. Honestly, I wouldn't. I think that if you work for it, you deserve it. it, it a tip is not promised. It's appreciated. I, I agree, and that's a great way to put it. Kathy's in Springfield, Pennsylvania. Hi, Kathy. Hello. How are you? Very good, thank you. What are you thinking? I had a bad experience with a, um, a tip jar that I saw it there, and I just happened to say to the young person, this is in a little local pizza place. Right. I said, hey, do you guys get the tips from there? And and they said no. And I was so What shocked. do you mean they don't get the tips? Who gets the tips? I don't know if the boss is keeping it and somehow putting it back in their check, but they said no, they do not get It's not like, okay, at the end of the night, here's you know your cut. So that I didn't like. So if I want to tip somebody, I give it directly to them. And the other experience I had was um, I just happened to ask somebody in a chain restaurant one time, oh, you know, I was paying with a credit card. And if I put the tip on here, do you get that right away? And they said, well, we're, we're not allowed to tell people. But because I asked, she told me, she said, well, I'll get that in my paycheck a week or so from now. So uh, what I learned from those experiences was just hand it to the person. Well, the thing about the thing about the credit card, I get because the restaurant can't give the. This is what happened here. The restaurant called to see if the credit card went through. It was undisputed. Okay, we'll give them the tip. Then it became disputed. Or they they checked to see if there was a mistake. There wasn't. Okay, we're going to give them the money. They gave the server the money, and then the guy disputed the claim. So, I mean, the, the business can't give you what they don't have so in order that's why it takes a week so it'll be in the right, paycheck I, I, because they have, that's why they have to make sure that the, that the guy really is leaving this tip oh i i totally i totally get that and that's why it's like i mean i do want them to have the tip so i want to give it to them now mm-hmm. and in that case with the guy the way that i understood that was he actually wrote it out and then you know how when you rewrite the you write the total down below right. so it wasn't just adding that big amount but then putting the whole amount with the tip in it too so he had to write it twice so i, I don't get why he would dispute that in he, other words say if it was three thousand he had like three thousand five dollars he knew what he was doing that part too yeah it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out i think so too but i think people should um work for tips i mean i like tipping i think that i'm a generous tipper and you know that that's fine by me but i really do like to know that they're going to get it that's my concern so now i ask and just give it whoever i um, that's how you know they're going to get it. When you put it in their hand, that's how you know. Trusted. We love night. When that moon gets a big and bright, it's supernatural delight. Every border was dancing in the moonlight. Oh, yeah. We're having a lot of fun in here, dancing in the moonlight. <laughs> 
Steve Trevelis. I got a, I got a bunch of army guys in here, ex-army guys. I got a, from Vet Rest, Lieutenant Colonel Mike Vici. Bringing the donuts Rob this Vici. time. I'm sorry, Lieutenant Colonel Rob Vici. I'm looking at Mike over here. I see Rob. <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel, old friend of the show, Vici is back. I love you, brother. Thank you so much for having us on. Of course. Always. It's of always course. great to see you. How are your boys doing in football this year? I know they got to be loving life. They're doing very well. They're playing the JV. They're, uh, Albert's the quarterback. Lennon's the tight end. Everybody's happy. He's the, quarter, he's the starting quarterback now. Oh, he's the starting quarterback. He's the, the, for the JV. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Good. Good. He's getting there. That's fantastic. He's and getting I, And hopefully there's no curfew in your town because that would be ridiculous. Yeah. You don't like the curfew idea, huh? I don't think it's a good idea. I think, like you said, it's the parent's responsibility. Monitor your kids. However yeah, exactly. you do, either with a phone or not, monitor your kids, have respect for your kids, like they need to respect you, but seven kids to screw up an entire town, if I was one of those other kids that had to abide by a curfew, those seven kids would be in big trouble. It's the, it's the, the, it's the, the fallout, it's the, the default. Now we'll just give them curfews. But then again, the cops can't do anything because, God forbid, they bust a kid for weed or they bust a kid for uh, liquor. Next thing you know, they're in trouble. That's right. We, they can't even ask them. No, we had that conversation last time. No, so you're gonna have you're gonna have the curfew. You go. By the way, I got other things to talk about here, Beach. We just shut up. I got the stuff I got to do here. <laughs> Mike Ferraro's here. Mike Ferraro from the Coffee Platoon from Bridging the Gap. He's the chief door opener. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing wonderful. It's great to be here. Oh man. So all right. So now Joseph Anthony, my friend and comic over here, Bob hey. Excellence, told me about you. Yep. And tell me now. Tell me about the Coffee Platoon. Tell me about the sure. mission. And tell me about Bridging the Gap. So Bridging the Gap is a nonprofit. 501c3 established about six years ago. And so our main mission is to get jobs for veterans, and that's active duty, guard, reserve, retirees, military spouses. And so we've been blessed to be able to do that over the years. Hundreds of people have gotten jobs using our, our model. And we teach and, and then advocate and educate them how to get a job and then introduce them to employers that are hiring. And so right now it's, it's just nuts right now with all the companies that are hiring. So we have a pipeline of, of candidates that we can get to these employers. Uh, the coffee platoon came in by by supplementing the nonprofit, and so that helps us get our revenue that we need to operate as career coaches. And so uh, having people like uh, Joseph Anthony, uh, you know, be able to, to, to support us uh, in the marketing side of the house. Joseph supporting you? Yeah. <laughs> On his measly salary? Not, not financially. Who <laughs> <laughs> you watch his ideas? So, sometimes he leans, and I, I help. I lift his elbow. That's the kind <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So so guys like him have been uh, supporting the our company and really helping the, vet, the military community to get to what they want to be in life. You know, it's it's uh, and like you know as uh, as a Veach does with vet rest. Yeah. You know, it's uh, just the idea of getting the you know getting the word out, letting people know, letting veterans know that you can help them with whatever they need. How much of a problem is uh, happening in New Jersey with veterans? It's still bad, uh, you know, because right now there's a lot of jobs open, but a lot of those jobs are lower level, pay fifteen twenty dollars an hour. If you want the serious jobs, it's very tough to to translate over from the military into a civilian career. And, um, but what I find is a lot of the veterans don't know what they want to do. They don't know what they want to be. And so that's where we come in to kind of help them, you know, get that, uh, what they, their career goal is what they want to eventually be. And, uh, and then help them with their resume, help them get that door open. But uh, it's bad out there still for veterans. They, they say unemployment's down to 3% or something like that. Right. But that's people getting unemployment insurance. The participation level is uh, still tough for the military community. All right, now, Veach, you hear about people who are we're just talking about minimum wage, yeah. right? And people don't want the minimum wage. We fought right. so hard, the arguments that went back and forth over the minimum wage, you've seen it for years here. 
And uh, suddenly, okay, you're going to get the $15 an hour. Not enough. I don't want to work. And yet, uh, when it comes to the veterans, how, you know, how many jobs are available for them? You know, would they take the minimum wage or they want so much more as well? I, I, I'd have to ask Mike with this one, but I think the vets want it more as well. I they think should it's get this, it. This whole cultural shift that we're seeing, and we know that a $15, $16 minimum wage is going to cause more inflation. We know that's going to happen. Look at a McDonald's or a Burger King today where you go in and everything's automated now. Pretty soon they're going to be fully robotic. And a tip jar. Yeah. It's and, fully automated, <laughs> but there's a, a tip, tip jar. jar next to the robot. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the thing I wanted to say is, is that um, – the minimum wage is not designed to be a life-sustaining no. salary for you and your family. It's to it's entry into the job market, which I think you said earlier tonight, Steve. It's entry level in. So what we're doing now is we're putting older adults into these minimum wage jobs. And now what are the kids in high school and the kids that are coming home for the summer is doing for internships? But they don't want to do it. There are no jobs available. That's the problem. And they don't, they want, don't to do want to do it. But yeah. see, there's more to this, though. You're getting a veteran that's, who served their country. Honorably, also you're getting someone who's disciplined, who's mission focused, who's, who's you know not on drugs or anything like that. It can and and know how to to really do get the job done at the end of the day. And uh, these are young you know men and women who you know are are doing some wonderful things in the military, and just have that hard time just translating it into the civilian world. Well, you're seeing people like you're saying you, that the veterans don't know what they want to do, yeah. yet they're in the military doing something. Correct. Wouldn't that be what they would want to do? Wouldn't that be the career that you would train them for outside? No, because a lot of, like, I'll take an aircraft mechanic, because I started as an aircraft mechanic on F-15s. I didn't want to do that on the outside. So I, went, I, I didn't want to be an aircraft mechanic for an airline. And so I, I knew that I had to go a different path. But I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. But a lot of guys don't and girls don't want to follow that same path that they did in the military. They want something different. Maybe they want to go back to school and maybe be in business from being an aircraft mechanic. So it really comes down to really sitting down with them and, and understanding what they want to do. What about – okay. Some of the things that, that Mike and I both do, because I, I know Mike for years. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike and I go back – Eight, eight, ten years, is we spent a lot of time... He doesn't want to admit that. I know, he doesn't. <laughs> he refuses to. Love him like a brother. Love him like a brother. We, we, spent, we spent a lot of time writing resumes. And, you know, it, it's the typical, common, you know, oh, so, soldier, what did you do? Well, I was a Marine sniper. Well, okay, you could be a cop or a hitman for the mafia. So either way, uh, I don't know if you want to be, a, if you're going to be a sniper here. Well, the mob but, guy doesn't have to ask if you... Uh, <laughs> exactly. How old you are with the weed. So what we'll do with Mike's program at Bridging the Gap, what we do at Vet Rest, I write most of the resumes myself or have a few resume writers that help me, is we'll translate those military skills into something that's usable in the civilian marketplace. So here you have a Marine sniper, but he was a squad leader. So, oh, now he's got some management experience. He's been in charge of five people. He was in charge of their health and welfare. He was in charge of their families. He was in charge of of movement, of their materials and equipment. Oh, so you're in charge of assets now. So we do those kind of things, and we rewrite those resumes to not only humanize them, but also the light goes off in their head is, wow, I can do these other things. I'm not just. I a did mechanic. these other things. Yeah. So, so those are the things that we promote uh, with our vets, and and we know the advantages to get with a veteran. And you know, for 99 percent of them, you have somebody who be here at five o'clock in the morning. They're there at, at four fifty-five. You know, if you're not if you're not early, you're not on time. And uh, these are guys and girls that'll work late, do the right thing in in most cases. But we're we're seeing some of this wokeness flowing into our military, which is scary. I know you asked a question earlier: is are we recommending people? going to the military today. 
It's a tough choice. You know, you, you have to uh, remind these young men and women, keep your wits about you, keep your own thoughts about you, and make sure that you're doing the right thing. What were you taught as a child growing up? We actually have a friend of ours, Anita, who is swearing into the military on tomorrow, uh, Friday. She's swearing in Friday. She's a, uh, she's from, uh, she's not Hungarian. She is from Ukraine. And she's moved here years ago, and uh, we got her son for the military so she can have a life-sustaining career and benefits and a whole new life for herself and her citizenship. So we're, we're, we're happy to do that. But there's a lot of transferable skills that we have to work on. But you're right, Mike. Yeah. Most of these guys and girls might not know what they want to do. Yeah. But then they meet guys like us that we have 5,000 contacts on our phones, 10,000 contacts, and this is where we can That's leverage. where the doors open. Exactly. That's, that's where you can that's really where the see something. opener comes in. Mike Ferraro from uh, the Coffee Platoon and Bridging the Gap, Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Robert Vici from VetRest, and uh, we got New Jersey 101.5 Fast Traffic. 1.5, Steve Trevelis, talking about the military and veterans adjusting back to civilization after they get out. We've got Mike Ferraro from thecoffeeplatoon.com, bridgingthegap.vet. We've got Lieutenant Colonel Robert Vici from VetRest, who's here all the time. Uh, Not enough. Not enough. And he brought donuts. (laughs) And donuts spelled backwards is stonad, as we all know. (laughs) Joseph Anthony, comedian, par excellence. Those, I got that from Pat Cooper. Hey, I'm going to go. The the conversation here is wonderful. It's very uh, interesting and serious. So I'm just going to go keep the call warmed up. All right. (laughs) Yeah, would you? Thanks, Joe. There's much room for humor in this room. Well, you know, we got Alex, but we want humor in this room, right? He's over here telling me I was shooting at people. Right. <laughs> Nothing like a good shooting story to get us laughing. Exactly, right? All right. It, it's my buddy G-Money, who was my Apache cover G-Money. ship in Iraq. G-Money. Okay. He was with the Flying Tigers in Iraq, uh, flying cover for the Vandals. So he's, uh, he's one of the family. He's one of the, one of the brotherhood. And now he's drinking coffee with us <laughs> at 10.23 at night. I dragged him out. <laughs> Tell me about the coffee platoon. So the coffee platoon, we sell coffee online and also in supermarkets like ShopRite and uh, food, Circus Food Towns and uh, some selective retail locations as well. And we do online coffee fundraising. And so we're helping other nonprofits and other organizations, uh, clubs like high schools and so forth, uh, camps and um, other charities uh, raise money. And so uh, that's a that's a big deal right now with inflation, but uh, it also supports our veteran programs at the same time. So it's a win win for everybody, and the coffee's delicious. You, they're yeah. having some right now. No no pitch. The coffee. Everybody I'm a coffee drinker. Having the coffee. It's yeah. terrific. It's really terrific. Yeah. You guys all got the coffee. We got the coffee. I didn't get Mike, coffee. Mike, I, I, I want a coffee. I got you extra coffee. I, I get coffee, a, I get a dollar for that, right? But I just <laughs> exactly. a dollar, really a, right. a dollar twenty-five. I forget. <laughs> it's terrific. You heard a half and half. He's the other half. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, we were talking about wokeness in the military. Yeah, unfortunately, it's here. <laughs> it's here. It's, it's here. It's it, it, it's terrible. You know, we're seeing it. At, we're seeing it at the academies. Some guys will say no, but we're seeing it. Hey, with General Milley, my favorite four-star general, to talk about, uh, and the uh, the surrender to Afghanistan. You know, it starts at the top, and and you know when President Obama first came into office many years ago, remember him? Uh, he I think put out about uh, four or five thousand lieutenant colonels, four thousand colonels. He fired more general officers than really? all other presidents combined before him, and there's a reason he did that to clear the way for a woke environment to come into play. Hopefully, there's enough really strong leaders that are still among our ranks that'll turn the turn ship around because at the end of the day, we're here to fight. We're here to win. Yeah. 
unfortunately, the politicians screw that up all the time as well. But we're hoping that this younger generation does see the value it need in a strong military, a strong Air Force, Marine Corps, Naval, uh, you know, the strong Navy, and we get back to our business. But the, it starts at the top, and the leaders are wavering right now. So hopefully we'll see a shift in, in November. Maybe we'll see another shift in 2024. We'll see, you know, for whomever we vote for. Exactly. Now, people getting into the military... You know, the idea that, okay, I'm going to go into the military, I'm going to get, I'm going to get my college paid for, I'm going to get a terrific plan, it's a great way of life, and then I get out of the military, and I got to deal with readjustment, I got to deal with all the things that you guys are doing now to help veterans who are coming out readjust to life. Mm Is it worth going in knowing that this is what you're going to have to deal with coming out? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, when I joined in, in 1982, different time frame, mm-hmm. you know, different, different types of uh, wars we were in back then with Ronald Reagan and so forth. But um, I went in because I wanted to have a technical skill. I wanted to have a, a vocation of, you know, being around aircraft, being around planes. And, um, and so today, with the way technology is today, it, what better place than to learn that kind of stuff in the military and get paid for it and, and then come out with an education benefit as well? And, and then you get that fraternity of that brotherhood, sisterhood of, that, of the military as well that you always have with you for the rest of your life. Well, here's a great question. I interrupt. You hear about the great fraternity, and I see it. I see it in you. I see it in all of you. And then you hear about homeless veterans. And then you hear about people just being left out on their own. How does that happen? Like, how do these guys not know? And I know, like, I do a lot of work with people for the poor. And they talk about the homeless veterans. How could they not know that they've got such a brotherhood? There are so many people they could reach out to, and they don't. I, w- I want to just, int- I want to tell you, uh, Mike's going to take the lead on Operation Suit Up, and I'll tell you why I mentioned that. Uh, he's going to tell you what it is. But my first reaction was, it's a shame that we have to do this. It's wonderful that we do it, but to, to what you said, it's a shame. You want to tell them about that? So Operation Suit Up uh, kind of goes hand in hand with people who are struggling. It's we uh, we're, we're collecting. Uh, we're asking the public to uh, provide us with uh, gently worn business attire, whether that's suits, blazers, dress shirts, ties, things like that, where we can then have make sure they're clean and then give it to the uh, to veterans and, and their family members if they need it. And be them be ready for the interviews because what we found over time is we can get them the interview, we can get them all set up, teed up, ready to go, and they don't dress the part. They don't dress up for success. And so, so Operation Suit Up is is one of the things that we're trying to promote. Next time you come in, I'll next time. <laughs> I've been waiting to get rid of this stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, don't worry. Next time, trust me. To get your question though, Steve, I, I think a lot of it is. The person. It's the person that was there before the military, they went into the military, and it's the person that developed while they were in service, and it's the person that, that left the service. So there, there's a lot of guys that are very charismatic. You know, Mike and I are very shy, as you notice. Yes, I know. But, but, but you know, it, it takes a lot for that individual to step up. And something that I found, and I, I don't know if you found this, Mike, but what I'll do when someone comes to me for help is the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give them a task to accomplish. Send me your resume. Oh, yeah, you don't have a resume? Send me a paragraph of what you did in the military. Send me your DD-214. And if they can't even do that, 
they're out. I'm not even going to waste my time because they don't want to help themselves. So what we try to That's do a is, great point. is we try to build that character up and say, hey, if you're going to do this, you're, we're going to work together on it. I'm not going to spend five hours writing your resume, getting you yep. hooked up with Mike, getting you with an interview with Mike's team, and, uh, and sending you off to have you embarrass us because that's not going to happen. But I think even even with all you know the, all of the younger generation folks, you're either going to have it or you don't. And I think what we're finding with many in the military is they will speak up. And if we can get them to speak up and step up, I think they're going to do well. You know, the homeless situation we have are, unfortunately, there are those vets who just want to be homeless, who don't want help. Poor me. I was shot at. I was blown up. I was hurt. My feelings got hurt. My sergeant yelled at me, okay, boo-hoo, pick yourself up by your, your, your shorts and, and, and drive on. And we just have to fire them up that way to do that. But there are those that just will not cooperate. So they're going to struggle and they're going to be left behind. And that's just the unfortunate thing. While we're wearing the uniform, you have your battle buddies on your left and right, and they're dragging you along, sometimes kicking and screaming, but we'll do that, and we can get everybody across the finish line. But, you know, these individual vets have to step up, have to reach out to Mike, have to reach out to Joe, have to reach out to Alex, have to, you know, reach out to me and say, I need help. And, damn it, we will do anything to help these men and women that need the help. But that's, they've got to step up. That's where the fraternity comes in. The fraternity steps right in. All right, the numbers to reach out, we've got thecoffeeplatoon.com, bridgingthegap.vet, vetrest.org. There are more websites here than you could ever find. And though we're going to be checking out the news next. We've got Mike Ferraro. we got uh, Lieutenant Colonel, retired Lieutenant Colonel Rob Vici. we got Joseph Anthony, we got Alex scratching his neck. We're all set to go here. G-Money. And we got Chad yeah. in the news. <laughs> now the latest New Jersey. 101.5. Steve Trevelis. All right, we, uh, we're talking a little military right now. Military topics. We got Mike Ferraro in the studio, thecoffeeplatoon.com, bridgingthegap.vet. And uh, then we got Lieutenant Colonel Robert Vici in the house, Vici of vetrest.org. Love you, brother. We got Joseph Anthony. Love you, too. We got Joseph Anthony in the house for no particular reason. <laughs> Anthony. Someone's got to drive. He brought the donuts, right? <laughs> These guys are all drinking. We got G-Man in the house over here. He's got the guns. We're good to go. Uh, all right. So I got to ask you, Mike, what advice would you give to a veteran listening to this right now? I think right now, given the situation that we have with unemployment and uh, and also with uh, jobs that are just there's so many openings, is that reach out to us. We can help them. We can help them get that door open to meet that employer. We can help them figure out what they want to do in their life. We can career coach you know some solutions for them to help them get on the right track. You say they don't know what they want to do, and you said that earlier. Yeah. And I'm thinking sure. like, so you go into the military. I'm thinking like kind of like liberal arts. What do I want to be when in college? You know, so here's a whole bunch of ideas. Yeah. But then you spend four years at least doing mm-hmm. something. And even at that point, they get out and they still don't know what they want to do? Or are you just saying that because they're specialized into something that maybe doesn't translate it, to civilian life? It's a translation. It's a, so the military occupation specialty, the MOS, mm-hmm. so let's just say they're loading bombs on helicopters or whatever it may be. And, and then translating that over is very difficult for some because they're like, well, what do I do? I had this one specialty that, like Rob said before, I'm a, I'm a sniper. You know, what, how am I going to do that in the, uh, in the police or SWAT team or whatever? And so 
it's, a, it's a difficult thing for someone who, who's not really educated and understands the career transition. I was a retired command chief master sergeant. I was an E9 and overseeing a lot of airmen in, in my career. So I got a chance to, to, to really interact with the younger folks who do four to six years and understand what some of their some of the tactics to, to really to, to help them. And that's why I opened up Bridging the Gap to, to make a difference. Yeah, so, no, sorry. No, so that, that's Bridging the Gap. Literally, the logo is Bridging the Gap. No, I, I just felt that needed explaining. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. Mike is bridging the gap. Anytime you feel like interjecting. Mike's like the the Varazano. Mike's like the Varazano of of transition. He's the $11 toll of the military. Keep going, buddy. Is it up higher now? $22. $22. I'm staying right here in your studio. Yeah, really. We're not leaving. Uh, So so tell me some of the success stories that you've had. What's the one story that sticks out to you? Uh, Recently, we got somebody hired over at Bristol. Myers Squibb. So they got a job in IT, mm-hmm. and um, they never thought that anybody would re- respond to their, uh, to their, you know, putting a job application in, online. And we were able to uh, work the system because we they're one of our sponsors. And uh, th- through some relationships with HR and, and the hiring managers, we got them an interview. And they did wonderful. Uh, an- another one was in the county, in Monmouth County. Mm-hmm. We got somebody who was a CDL and also a diesel mechanic. And these that specialty alone is bringing in big bucks today. They can't find drivers. More and more people. Now, the pendulum's swinging the other way. It's yeah. not about the college education. Exactly. It's about the, you know, the Votech, the skills, the, what you can do. And mechanics today. Today, it's a, a fantastic trade to be in, and the money's there, and and the, the retention to, to you can get involved with these auto mechanics and and uh, whatever else, um, and so the county made offers for these these folks as well. So they, now they get, they're getting jobs in Monmouth County, and so they're going to get a, a, a pension as well from the right. state. Two so, pensions, yeah, that's so Jersey. Yeah. Three, four, <laughs> five pensions. <laughs> you get no so, show so jobs, too. So we're helping we're helping in a variety of ways, both. Both on the blue collar side, the white collar side as well. Veach, you got you talk about the brotherhood. You talk about like when you're in the military, you're part of you're part of a big family. You're part of a big brotherhood. You get out of the military, and your brothers are no longer around you. How do you how do you deal with separating? You know the fact that the brotherhood is no longer there, mm-hmm. and now you're in civilian life. It takes crazy people like Mike and I and G Money over here to keep everyone engaged. Uh, one of Alex's best friends is Vietnam Tom. Uh, Tom has no one to speak to unless, unless he talks to Alex. And, <laughs> and, and why does that not surprise me? Exactly. And and it's that engagement. And you know, it takes time and it takes effort. You know, yet to have the parties together. Here, say something, G Money. <clears throat> I was uh, having dinner, sitting in a bar, and uh, there was a guy sitting at the bar next to me we were watching football or something i think it was basketball actually and uh this was down in huntsville alabama big retiree community and i looked at him and i said are you a vet he said yeah i'm a vet i said where 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 were you he said iraq and this year or that year i said i was there i said do you like to play golf we've been friends ever since that's been 15 years so the the brotherhood is still there and you're going to still find these people all over the place that you can communicate with very quickly and you know where they've been, what they've done, and you could tell by looking. Bond. You could tell by looking. You could tell by, by how looking. they act, and you could, you know, and then because of the commonality. But then you've got to deal with the, com- you know, I'm talking about when you don't have that. You know what I mean? When you're in the military, yeah. you've got that commonality. Now you're in the real it's world. An adjustment. There's an it's, isolation, yeah. right? 
you, you have to reach out. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we do it to Vandals as, as, you know, I did host a Vandals reunion every year and my numbers started dwindling. So I said, well, I can't do this anymore if no one's going to come. So I've been getting the calls now. It's time to get everyone back together. You know, it's time to get the gang back together. Yeah. And it's so important because you, you reignite what brought you here in the first place. You reignite some of those relationships. You know, you laugh, you cry, and you do all those other things. Uh, Nanette and I were just in Florida yesterday, and um, uh, we were in a store, and, and I noticed the store owner was shaking a little bit, and, and he was you know, close to my age, and, and, and I looked at him, and he had a tattoo on his arms here, so I figured he was Navy, because, you know, Navy guys still do it on their forearms, right. and other traditional guys. So I just asked him, I said, hey, you a vet? And he goes, well, yeah, I was in, I was in actually, he was a Navy, it was Air Force. He goes, I was an F-4 mechanic. Uh, uh, down uh, wherever the hell they are, but down by Savannah, where, where they were. And I, I looked at him, shook his hand, gave me a hug, and he just had tears in his eyes. He goes, I need help. How about he that? He goes, Veach, I need help. He goes, I, I need help. I, I gave my vet rest card, and I said, I said, what do you need help with? He goes, I'm just struggling with life. He goes, I just can't get out of my own way. He was well put together. He was dressed well. He spoke well. He was eloquent, but he said, I'm just lost. So he called me the other day, and or actually called me uh, yesterday morning, and we're uh, we're chatting, and it's uh, it's just and making the, the time to do it. Yeah. yeah, it's just by recognizing that deer in the headlights look, or that other guy that that might be out there. Uh, you know, all the time. Every time we're in a bar, we know. How do you know if there's an Apache pilot in a room where you where you're standing? He'll tell you. Trust me, he'll tell you he's an Apache pilot, and I'll just laugh and scoff and those kind of things. <laughs> yes, Steve, Steve, as a layman, I've seen it. Uh, being in Mike's company, we're, we're real close. We've always been friends about 20 years, but now I'm very close working with him, and I've seen it when they I, – I feel – you know, I just kind of stand back, and there definitely is a brotherhood. You know, if, if, if gang members come around, I have a connection. But till then, these guys, <laughs> these, these guys definitely have a brotherhood. I've seen it, and I just stand back, and I, I kind of feel left out. But at the I've same seen time, it with comedians, yeah, you know, what, when, what is when, that full no, look in your eye? <laughs> com comedians do not associate with each other. We're no, extremely cutthroat, but these guys stick together for sure. Right, I'll be right back. We are the Garden Up to thirty thousand dollars on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Listen. Weekdays, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. for the Jersey Cash Code and enter it on our free app. Every hour on the hour, there's a new code and a new chance to win $30,000. Info and rules at nj1015.com. The $30,000 Jersey Cash Code contest on New Jersey 101.5. Steve Trevelisse. Uh, we got Mike Ferraro in the studio, thecoffeeplatoon.com, bridgeinthegap.vet. We got Lieutenant Colonel Retired Bob Vici in the house. Uh, vetrest.org. We got G-Man here. Just looking over everything. G-Money. to make sure. He's an overwatch. Oh, he's an overwatch. He's an overwatch. He's like a vulture hovering. We got Joseph Anthony here for no particular reason. And, uh, is there, really, is there, is there anything that you want to get out, Mike, that I Yeah, I sure do. Tomorrow, we, we're blessed. We're going to be at Brookdale Community College. Oh, yeah? We're, working with the, the county for a, a job fair. So, uh, we're excited about that. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, that was the 21st, and, right. Yeah, the 21st. Okay. So uh, it's working with the Workforce Development Board there, and uh, we have our own area that we're going to be in, in the gymnasium. But uh, we have Stephen uh, Baker, the touchdown maker. Yeah! He's going to be there with us uh, at our table, and uh, we'll have a step and repeat, and he'll be signing autographs and taking pictures. And then Why don't you bring him down tonight? I, I wish I could. <laughs> I met him once in yeah, Cleveland. Great guy. Great guy. Uh, yeah, and he's like 12 still. You know what? <clears throat> he uh, he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then the following year, the Giants play Tampa Bay. 
down there. Yeah. And he caught a touchdown in the same spot. That guy's great. I'll, I'll I love it. To him tomorrow. Amazing. That's a, yeah, so we'll, we're, we're out and about tomorrow. Okay, so Brookdale Community College, what time? Uh, 10 to 2 o'clock. 10 to 2. Okay, Veach. Oh, uh, there's so much going on. First of all, I, I just want to say our vet rest team out in Oregon are doing an amazing job. We have five victory gardens open, and that's where we, we really accentuate the brotherhood. We have about 10 vets per, per, or per acre, and they're farming, and they're getting together, and they're working hard. We're trying to expand that throughout the nation, so we're doing our team. Uh, Ron out there is doing a fantastic job. Uh, General York is in town. We're playing golf tomorrow with the, with, uh, the G-Money here and Cheryl DeVega. Oh, yeah. Of the Cheryl DeVega, Anthony Kreisan writing team. wrote the song. We're right. playing at the uh, Atrian Golf Outing at Beaverbrook Country Club. If anyone wants to come out and support this great outing, the money's being donated to VetRest, to Tunnel of Towers, some uh, several other veteran charities in the area, and uh, it's just going to be a great day. So call me, text me, email me, or show up at Beaverbrook at 10 o'clock. Uh, if, you, if you're a vet and you don't have the funds to pay, Come find me. I'll take care of it. And, uh, again, Anthony Chrysan's down in Alabama doing some great stuff with a new song that he and Cheryl put together. So hopefully they make it famous. You have to and, spin uh, doctors. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anthony was lead guitar for the Spin Doctors. Wow. And uh, he's, a, he's a great guy. We're trying to get him. Just back on the charts again, so it'd be great. But well, you know what, Steve? We you can't. You got to get him in here. That's when we get him back uh, on the charts. We're bringing him in. Right? Absolutely. We, we can't thank you enough, Mike and I, Same Joe, G, oh, G Money, yeah. for uh, for highlighting what we do every day and for free. Uh, there's no salaries at VetRest, and we do this out of the, out of because we need to. That's the brotherhood. That that's what typifies it is just helping vets help each other, get out of their own way, and and not only make this country better, but make our community better. Yeah, and you do it, you know, one veteran at a time. One you know, time, baby. As you, as you get That's them right. ready. com. Anybody wants to get in touch, you hook them up. Absolutely. Okay. Contact uh, us. Uh-huh. Yeah, contact us right from the website. Okay, so now the job fair is tomorrow at Brookdale, yeah. 10 to 2. Yeah. Stephen Baker, touchdown maker. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then we've got the golf outing tomorrow. Atreon, yep. Atreon. Great people. Pat Grillo is a Vietnam vet, and he's this is his 31st year of doing this. Is an amazing man. The energy he has, he dwarfs me. It's he's amazing. And Joseph, any gigs you want to plug at this point? There, two quick things. I got a lot of gigs, but November twelfth, I'm doing the Lacey Elks, and I say that because a portion of those proceeds go to uh, the, the the veteran arm of the Elks. And additionally, on the Coffee Platoon side, we have a billboard on Route thirty four North in Wall, and we're changing it for the Navy's. 247th birthday, October 13th, and I'm proud to say I'm providing a good portion of the content for that. Oh, beautiful thing. All right, boys, do we do this again, and we will Absolutely. do it again soon. Be Davy, brother. You got it. <laughs> all the best. This has been the Steve Travely Show On Demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.5.